Hold on to your mug. We're in for a wild night. Greeting, traveler. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to another episode of Born to be Wild, a wild exclusive Hearthstone podcast where we have fun hanging out with friends, talking about the wild format of Hearthstone and spotlighting members of the wild community. I'm your host as always, Nate Wolf. It is good to be back on another beautiful Friday evening here in Portland, Oregon. Uh, Before we get started, I do have a quick announcement uh, to kick off the show with. Unfortunately, we have a little bit of sad news here. Uh, Mike will be taking a step back from the show. He had some family and work obligations that have come up that created scheduling conflicts. Uh, We've all been there before and real life always has to take priority over hobbies. So we wish him the best going forward and we really appreciate the time and the energy that he brought to the show. We don't have any roster changes planned right now, uh, trying to kind of take our time and figure out where we're going to go from here. Uh, But thank you all for joining us. Thank you, Mike, for being a part of the show. And that being said, uh, I'm joined tonight by my good friend Hydralisk, and we've got a very, spe- very special guest for you guys tonight. H- Hydra, how you doing? I'm doing awesome. I'm I'm stoked, and uh, it, it's just a great night. We we got a good guest here, and I'm I'm ready to kick this thing off, man. Yeah, me too. Let me. I'm very excited to introduce our guest here. So joining us tonight, I've got top ten wild legend player, writer for Tempo Storm, and all-around awesome guy, member of the THL. Welcome to the show, NHL fan. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good, Nate. You know, it's been pretty calm here. Um, Not a lot going on this weekend. Just have some family travel stuff going on. But I'm really happy to be here. So thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited. We've been talking for a long time and happy to finally make it happen. And so, um, yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, for those people who may not be familiar with you, can you give us a little intro of yourself? Like who, you know, who are you? How long you've been playing Hearthstone? Why do you like wild that, that sort of thing? Yeah. So most people know me from two places, uh, the wild community and THL Uh, and THL. They know me as like Marty B or something. Uh, I was kind of stupid because they didn't really understand that they could just call me NHL for some reason. So they insisted I change my name, and I just gave them something simple. Funny thing <laughs> is, that's not even my real name. But uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, it worked. But um, yeah, it was a reference to my current username, the NHL fan, saying that it's a um, it's a famous goalie from the hockey team I liked. So it just worked out. Oh, but, uh, oh, oh, okay. Hold on, it's it's Bartem Broder, of course. Oh, there you go. See, <laughs> Vancouver. Very nice. Right knows. Yeah, I, I I am a Vancouverite, but um, I I don't know if you can uh, oh, man. see is that this Jesus shirt. The, the, <laughs> it, it is. This is a Connor McDavid uh, jersey right here. Very nice, very nice. And I thought I would bring that in in honor of of you as our NHL <laughs> fan. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah, well, I I noticed that you do your username is NHL NJ New Jersey. I assumed. Um. I personally am a, a massive New Jersey Devils fan, though. So um, we've had it rough for the last few years, but it's fine. It's fine. We're not Buffalo. 
<laughs> yeah, New Jersey is a special place in my heart. So, so I, I I'm totally on your side. I love the Devils and great, great uh, choice for favorite team there for sure. Yeah, I've been a fan since I was two, so almost twenty three years now. Wow, nice, nice. Yeah. So, uh, more things about me. I started right before Whispers of the Old Gods. Okay. And um, I was free to play for a long time until maybe last year-ish. When I started playing in THL, figured now was the time to start splurging a little bit and having more fun with the game. I wanted to play more decks, want to do more things in the game, get more creative. And, you know, the, the last year has really been fun. I've just been talking to more people in the wild community, getting to know more people. Really, the pandemic kind of brought everyone together. Mm-hmm. And really nice to just get along with everyone that I've played against and with now. And both the WoW community and THLs have helped me really branch out and meet all different kinds of new people. And it's really nice. Nice. How long have you been playing Wild THL? Were you in since uh, Season 1? Yeah, I was in from the start. For anyone wondering, uh, THL is basically, um, they call it a league-based series format. Where yeah, right. <laughs> you play on teams of five. Okay. And you play a different opponent every week. It's... Uh, the formats change depending on which series you're in. Um, there's two closed decklist standard series, one open decklist standard series, which is very, very competitive with um, basically a bunch of Master Tour guys and potential Grandmasters. Wow. It's, it's super impressive. Yeah, last week wow. I played against Kales Luna. I don't know if you guys know Kales Luna, but he's up next in the running for GMs. When wow. Yeah. impressive <laughs> yeah so it's very high competition but it's a lot of fun too wild is also the same there's all different kinds of skill levels from the very top you know a bunch of top 10 guys all the time to some memers people who just like to have fun i wouldn't say it's as casual as the the born to be wild series but there's a ton of cool players there a lot of overlap and it's a great time just to meet new people through that stuff dude we so i played thl way back when and i they you know I don't remember who reached out to me when um, they first started the wild series up. And I know, you know, typically it's teams of five and the first season was like the inaugural season and they were trying to gauge interest in wild. Hey, how's this going to go? We, you know, we're not quite sure what to expect. And so season one was teams of three. Uh, So I was on a team early on with um, Craig of Canada, the old, you know, co-host of of the show and with uh, Danny donuts and we made it to the finals or at least the, at least the playoffs, I guess it was, I think. And, and we yeah, dropped out there, really but well. it was fun. It was really good in terms of team building. We did a lot of practice. Uh, having, having Danny on the team was great. Cause he, he did a lot of coaching with me and Craig and that was fun. Danny's um, great. It, it was so much fun. And then, you know, I, I was in season two as well. I'm not playing this season. Um, it's super fun. So if people are interested in playing, uh, I was talking about this the other day with Electric Sheep that like Wild doesn't have um, you know tournaments in the same way that Standard does, and so if you're looking for competitive la- um, competitive play aside from laddering, like this is a great opportunity to meet people to play against different people. Uh, I noticed in particular that this season, like dude, the teams are stacked. Uh, it's just the 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 players on these teams it's insane like you uh it's definitely top top tier um legend players wild wild hearthstone players it's pretty amazing 
Um, so it, I think it's special, you know, unfortunately, if there's not a lot of support from Blizzard for Wild Hearthstone, that at least the community can come together and kind of support themselves. And so when we looked at the listener series here, it was kind of like, well, THL has the more competitive side of things. So let's focus on more community oriented, like aspect of things, maybe deck building challenges, do something a little bit different because we, you know, don't want to copy what's already existing. And so two mm-hmm. different things. Uh, it's been an absolute blast. So who's who's on your team this season? So it's actually I have a <laughs> I'd say my team is a little bit above average. Um, there's actually another team that would be more fitting for me. It's uh, basically Tempo Storm and Friends with um, Memnarch, Concerned Mom, Burnt, Otters, and White Delight. Wow, jeez, <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. not fair. Stacked, <laughs> stacked team. Well, here's here's my team. It's me. Uh, the Rotted Zombie. Mm, okay. Um, a standard Masters Tour player named Neji Boston. If anyone okay. knows him, he's like usually a top 50, top 200 player. Insane at the game. Just excellent player. Uh, Corbett and Get Meowth. Right on. So, yeah, lots of uh, wow. streaming and uh, skill on there. So, yeah, absolutely. Do you guys stream yeah. the matches at all? Yeah, so... Um, I should have probably finished the the shilling here on THL. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, please do. Besides wild and standard, we also or they also do a battleground stuff. Okay. And that season is finishing up, but that's also a very high level of um, play where we see thirteen thousand MMR teams of like four all coming in and just dominating the format. And it's really cool to see that you can basically join. And play against the best of the best if you want to. And really put yourself to the test. It's a lot of fun. Um, they usually do those Fridays and Sundays. So those okay. are scheduled. For the um, the other series, uh, we do stream games. Those are a bit more flexible. It's just like Born to be Wild listener series. You schedule it whenever during the week. We have set times for both TTL shows where we do recaps and hot takes and all that. Mm-hmm. And match shows. So we can stream games. Usually Saturday afternoons is when we do the wild matches, but sometimes there can be some overlap. Tomorrow, actually, uh, Broadit and I are going to be streaming a match. Ooh, nice. All right. We'll yeah, have to check it out. Um, it is Battle Tagger and someone else, I believe. Oh, and you, are you, you guys are casting it? Yes, we will be casting it. So this will nice. be tomorrow. Yeah, we just have games almost every week. Um, the one other thing we do is we have bi-weekly tournaments last monday was the one wild one okay and it was so the winners for these get ten dollars in packs okay so there is an incentive to play um they did best of three wild last hero standing so it was a bit different you don't normally see last hero standing in wild especially it was a lot of fun uh very well organized much better organized than the community tournament from a certain other member of the wild community i will not name them because i left their server after complaining that it was poorly run and they shouldn't have had a deadline when they did and still have signups open but uh, <laughs> it seems slightly problematic <laughs> yeah but um yeah they have other uh tournaments going on uh, i think next week is not a tournament but the week after they're gonna have a classic tournament okay interested uh, they do Ooh. different things every single week, and then they do a community-voted one. It's a lot of fun. There's not a lot of prep. You just go in and do whatever. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like, like, it's, like it's just like the listener series here. You know, you guys cast your games, too. They have the same thing. It's just a lot of fun. 
Nice. Where cool. would uh, where would someone go to find out more information if they wanted to learn about THO or to watch these stream matches? Don't mind me. Uh, you're gonna. S oh wait. Yeah, you're gonna see my fingers on screen. Like, <laughs> camera sucks. <laughs> it's all good. It's it's for a good reason. We need to know, right? <laughs> so that is the website link. That's all run by Ridiculous Hat, who's just an amazing guy, and a bunch of other people. He, the board is just crazy. They run a tight ship. They do a great job. Yeah, Hat Hat is a good friend of ours, and uh, can't say enough good things about him. He's a, he's a great friend. So. He's um, like a Hearthstone dad kind of like figure where if I have a problem with a stream or like trying to figure something out, I just ask him because <laughs> he knows. He's so good. Yeah. Uh, for those right. of you listening to the audio version of this, we'll include the links in the show notes. But the website is teamhearthlegends.com. And then the link to the streams, it's twitch.tv slash, slash teamhearthlegends. So yeah, check those out. That's pretty cool. Hey, yeah. so you had mentioned you've been playing for a little while. What what got you into Hearthstone? And did you play card games like TCGs before this? So when I was a kid, I played a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh. Okay. You my original drug. And, uh, <laughs> if people think Hearthstone is degenerate, they need to check out Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. When I was a kid, my favorite thing was to ruin my opponent's day and play Macrocosmos. And for right. anyone who doesn't know about Yu-Gi-Oh, um, like everyone knows the whole ban from the Shadow Realm joke. That's basically what this card did. It would remove cards from play so that they would never be able to come back again. And you would make it so that everything was removed and your stuff was buffed by removing things. And you could oh. do more damage. So I basically had like an aggro burn deck that would remove things and in, sort of imprison them because of it. And they would get punished. And wow. it was a lot of fun. I'm sure you made a lot I of friends had, that way. <laughs> well, the thing was, I had moved to a place where there wasn't much of a community. Mm -hmm. And because I was a kid, I couldn't get out much. Mm -hmm. So kind of took a break from card games for a while. Then I got into college. And my friend kept telling me, hey, you should get into Hearthstone and I'll crush you. And so I got in, started free to play for a while. And of course, turns out I got good at the game and he gave up. Oh, and, man. Uh, yeah, now we're here, and I'm, I have this amazing community around and made so many new friends just because of that one thing. And they don't play anymore at all? No. No, no. well. That's what you happens, you know, you, you, beat, <laughs> you beat your friends and then they don't want to play with you anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. They, they took their ball and went home. Right. That's yeah, funny. And yes, we are still friends. That's good. That's good. I, I will tell you, we've heard... We, we've heard that story many times. Hey, my buddy got me into it, and then I got really good, and then I beat them, and now they won't play with me anymore. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> oh, gosh. He just kind of cool. moved on to other games, I'd say. But we still yeah. talk and hang out. We have our own group chat and, you know, chill there. Nice. Uh, earlier today, he was making fun of his fellow Floridians for getting gassed by the plastic bag. So it's <laughs> <laughs> been a good time. Wow. So when you jumped in, because you said you started around Old Gods, so that's like the inception of Wild, basically, at that point, right? So did you like just go into Wild from the get-go? Did not. No? Okay. I, uh, first, he told me to get um, Nax right before it rotated. And so I got that with 700 gold. 
held that for a while. Didn't really play it for like a year or so because I just wanted to get gold and get packs for other things. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really play Wild until I want to say Witchwood. Oh, okay. Or no, no, sorry, no, it wasn't Witchwood. Witchwood was when I got Legend. I started playing during Angoro. Okay, but a year. Okay. So Angora came around, and Crusher Shaman was a thing. And I wanted to try Crusher Shaman, but I was super free to play in budget. So I played a super budget list, would hit rank 5 at the time a few times, and thought, I'm really good, I'm so proud of myself, but never Legend. <laughs> and then I got Legend in Standard with Spiteful Priest during um, Cobalts. Okay. And followed up with Wild Legend in, I think, April during Witchwood with Eden nice. Shop. And then I just hit double legend since. Wow, nice. Congrats. Even Shaman was insane back then. It was so good. Yeah, it was a fun time. A very unique deck at the time that is. It's evolved quite a bit. <laughs> That's a, you know, badoomts evolved. That's a <laughs> yeah. uh, um, we've seen you know, it's funny. Evolved Shaman has been around like, I mean, since the inception of Witchwood, right? Which would changed wild forever with the odd and even decks. Um, and, and that was interesting. I think even Shaman is one of those decks that's seen so much change over the years. Like we've seen it be very minion centric and then very token centric. And then, you know, you buff the, the totems and then we're adding weapons now. Like it's been, we've seen so many changes over the years. I've seen elemental versions. Like it's all over the place. It's been an interesting one. Um, do you have a deck in particular in wild that's like, you know your pet deck or a favorite or something like that and that's tough because there's so many different decks i tend to like try doing a different deck to legend every month if possible okay because i just want to play all different kinds of things sometimes i'll go for the stupid timmy deck sometimes i'll go for a johnny deck for anyone who doesn't know timmy uh have we gone over the timmy johnny spike stuff oh we should we should for people who are not familiar with it um you know i it's an interesting story i'll let you explain it but yeah if you don't know the you know timmy johnny and spike um please please explain it that'd, that'd be great so this is a term that came from magic the gathering uh timmy decks are decks where you do something big and flashy timmy the kind of player that plays these is called timmy he just likes doing big cool things and as long as he does those big cool things he's happy think big priest where you summon a bunch of big minions or like a super flashy combo like um a liner druid which didn't take much or no not even a liner druid i want to say um naga giants warlock <laughs> yes any naga giants deck where yeah. you play naga and then you get a bunch of giants on board it's insane it looks insane and knowing that you just cheated all those stats and made a massive board is cool yeah and that's a timmy deck then you have johnny johnny is the kind that likes to think johnny wants to think his plays through and he doesn't care how long it takes for him to win as long as he worked for his win, right? So think of things like a, a fatigue deck, like Dead Man's Hand where is the premier Johnny deck, right? Yes. Because <laughs> you're, forced, you're forced to live on the edge the entire time. And if you screw, supposedly, uh, the meme is um, DMH Warrior has a 70% win rate if you know how to play it right. Okay, that's something a Johnny would say about their deck. As long as you know what you're doing and you do it perfectly then you're going to win, and you're going to be satisfied. Okay, and then there's Spike. Spike doesn't care about any of that. He just wants to win. Mm -hmm. Spike will play the best deck all the time. 
and rack up all those wins and, you know, crush the Timmies and Johnnies no matter what. So think just unrelenting aggro, or in this case right now, uh, hand buff paladin or dark lair warlock. Right, right. So that's what Spike's going to be playing. He's just going to be playing the best. He doesn't care what it is. Nice. So, so yeah, what are you? Back, back <laughs> See, that's the thing. I don't know because, like, yes, I'm a bit of a spike because I'm at the top all the time. But I also like playing stupid things sometimes mm-hmm. while I'm at the top. Like, a while back, I played um, a hybrid ETC charge where back in December, where it obviously wasn't very good except in a tiny meta pocket. Right. Right. And I somehow held a 55% win rate with it where I would either ETC my opponents down with an OTK. Mm-hmm. Or I would um, kill them with a charging Leroy to deal thirty-two damage. Jeez! So, yeah, you just put a bunch of buffs on the Leroy and then copy it, and it was exactly ten mana. Wow! Wow! <laughs> thirty-two damage OTK. Yeah, it was super flexible. Pretty difficult. I know I gave it to Keith Numbers, a uh, fellow Tempestone guy who streams, mm-hmm. and he had a hard time piloting it. But I swore to him up and down that I was winning with it, and it was okay. And he doubted me, but it's okay. <laughs> so, and then I, um, Keith is famous for playing viewer decks. I love it. We always joke about Trino Druid. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, Trino, Trino Druid. Druid is something else. It's it is a uh, yes. It's a truly magical uh, deck. We had Keith on the show, and and uh, you know normally you know we we kind of have this kind of standard thing that we do. And Keith goes, hey, I want to do something different tonight. Right, we, you guys can have me on the show. I want to try something different. Let's think outside the box. We're like, oh, uh, yeah, okay, what do you want to do? He goes, I want everyone to send me decks, and I'm going to roast them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was, that is a very Keith thing to do. It was, it was amazing. He, yeah, yes. People were just people were loving having their decks roasted. Like It, it was perfect, and we thank you, Keith. That was he, awesome. I was really fun, and he did not pull any punches at all. It was it was very funny. Um, it was, it was Brutal pretty, honesty. For anyone who hasn't been in Keith's chat, uh, with Keith getting viewer decks, you know, because they're all, most of them are going to be memes, a lot mm-hmm. of new viewers will ask about why there were certain inclusions in the decks. So Keith has a command called feedback. He tells people go exclamation point feedback. And it says something along the lines of Keith loves hearing about the decks that other viewers built because he doesn't understand why they were built this way either. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. <laughs> So that's funny. Yeah. In his own Hilarious. little way, he roasts every deck. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you a question. When so you kind of told us about how you the you know the first time you hit Wild Legend and Standard Legend, and now you are hit Double Legend every month. Is there some you know is there a tip or anything that you have for the folks listening, just in general, like how to improve their game overall, whether it's hitting Legend for the first time or whether you're in Legend wanting to climb up to the like eleven star range? Is there you know any tips that you have to kind of improve so, improve your gameplay so the ladder the thing about ladder is like it's an achievement itself when you hit those ranks right mm-hmm. but it's also counterintuitive into getting better it's very strange um i have a friend who's from standard berserk he did a really good article um i think he posted it on reddit at one point but um he explains this really well where it's not about your gameplay and the decks and whatever you're playing, right? It's about thinking through what you're doing. First, you have to figure out what you're playing and how the deck works, right? So you need to understand the gameplay. And like that's so like here, let's let's start from the beginning where there's three levels of Hearthstone, 
when it comes to being good, right? First, there's the basics where you understand tempo, value trading, um, hand resources, and when to trade versus when to go face, right? That's the Hearthstone basics. Once you get that, then you can hit, let's say, Diamond 5, mm -hmm. right? After that, there's a step to getting to Legend. And for this, uh, when you play a deck, you need to understand the ins and outs of the deck. How the deck plays, what the deck is good against, what the deck is bad against, and how, how you can win given a scenario. Okay, that's step two. When you master a deck, okay? There's a third part that's incredibly difficult for people, okay? And this is kind of ignoring deck building, which is another thing in itself. But that's another talent, which is incredibly difficult, and very few people really have a knack for it, I want to say. Because there's definitely a lot of high legend guys. Like, you've seen Chinese lists where they add text all the time. Oh, yes. Kind of, yeah, like, and what like, the heck why, is this? Why is this there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's very hard to build decks under, and understanding why those decks work. We're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about um, understanding what your opponent is doing. Okay, and this is what makes... This is the difference between a good player and a great player. Where um, the way my friend explained it is usually the difference between a good player and a great player is a few percentage points. Okay, so maybe you go from 52% to 55% win rate. But that means you're going to have like a single decision every 10 games or so, or like every 15 games or so, mm -hmm. that will make or break your win rate. Okay, and the the way you figure this out is by understanding what your opponents are doing. Okay, you need to understand your opponent's deck. You need to understand what their game plan is. You need to understand what their outs are and how they're going to try to beat you, so that you can play around that yourself. Mm -hmm. And picking up on these little things is how you go from a good player to a great player in terms of not only hitting legend but getting those high ranks and beating other top players. Because it's one thing to be able to play, say, hand buff Paladin optimally. It's another to take it into an unfavored matchup and understand exactly how you win that matchup to give you those extra few percentages so that you can get those wins and bring your win rate from a 52% to a 55%. And the thing is, like, we go back to how I was saying where these achievements of, like, hitting Legend and getting high ranks on ladder are misleading because you can't focus on those. You have to focus on the gameplay itself. Those points and stars, they don't matter in the end on how good you are. You need to focus on your gameplay itself, and that sometimes means, you know, taking a break, going over your replays later, and th thinking to yourself, what can I have done different? What did my opponent have that let them win the game? Was there any way I could account for that and play differently so that I could have either made it harder for them to win or given me a better chance at winning? Does that sort of make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's great. I appreciate that. Yeah, so it's not at all what some people may be thinking as, how do I get better? It's not just about playing the good decks or the bad decks or, you know, getting easy opponents, playing at certain times. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with that. There is no real such thing as a pocket meta except maybe at the top of legend where everyone is always playing each other that's right. really the only exception to that um you just have to focus on your plays and your opponent's plays and when you can get to the point where you're anticipating how you want to play your game and how your opponent wants to play their game that's when you know that you've made it and you're a great player
And this is something that you're constantly learning to. Like, I mess up. I know everyone here messes up. Even Frank 1 has messed up. I've seen it personally, you know. I'd say Lorthos right now is probably one of the best, if not the best, wild player right now. And I remember White Delight, another Tempest Storm guy, a friend of mine, was talking about how he was playing Lorthos on ladder. Uh, he's playing Secret Mage. And Lorthos was somehow playing around every single secret possible, better than anyone White Delight had ever seen. It was almost as if he was sniping and watching White Delight in, on his side. But really, it never came to that. It's just because Lorthos has that game knowledge where he knows exactly how the Secret Mage is supposed to play optimally. Mm -hmm. And he was able to play around it and win the game despite um, Secret Mage being favored in that matchup. That's a great player. Yeah, it takes those kinds of things and understanding what your opponent wants to do and how they're going to win against you to get those percentages and take the next step. Well, we really appreciate that. It's a very good explanation on 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 how to to really get your game up there, understanding your matchups and everything. Thank you. Yeah, I see um, that guy Floop uh, talking about aggro. Um, aggro is far from brainless. I think everyone calls aggro brainless and people aggro droolers as a joke because it feels like you know those games are fast, but really those a lot of aggro decks right now. Uh, they feature the core aspects of Hearthstone better than almost every other deck because you're forced to get on the board fast and decide whether you want to go face or trade. Mm -hmm. And think Pirate Warrior, you know, sometimes... I remember back in Mean Streets of Gadgets and Aggro Shaman at the time had this same effect where um, you're basically an aggro deck that plays as control against other aggro. And recognizing where you have to go face versus where you trade made or, or, or broke the deck and how good a player did with it because you know in those matchups sometimes you're gonna have to hold back sometimes you can't just play your normal game plan sometimes you have to switch things up and it's gonna feel weird but it's also gonna win you games mm -hmm. hey before we move on we got a lot going on tonight before we move on do you have any suggestions um in terms of resources for people to try to learn these things either streamers to watch or websites to visit articles to read that sort of thing yeah so i'm gonna have to look up that berserk thing in a bit but really there's a, a few really good players that i think um would do well if you want to see how a player you know plays around things you know keith numbers is always good as entertaining as he is you know with the viewer decks you don't want to pay attention to the viewer deck you want to pay attention to how he plays against different decks themselves and how he identifies his win condition because keith is very good at that um, in terms of, yeah, you know, um, Corbett, Get Meowth, they're also fantastic players. Um, I do want to shout out some standard players, though. Mm -hmm. um, I think Liquid Ox is really good at explaining his plays. Um, he's actually from Scotland, and uh, I've spoken to him a few times. He's a nice, nice friend. I uh, highly recommend him. Um, people like uh, GamerVG, I don't know if he streams, but he's another player that's really good. Um, yeah, you know, those standard players, they're also in the same boat as us. They kind of know how these things work. And yeah, it's a different format, but the same rules still apply. Yeah, you got to know what you're playing against. Uh, you got to know how to play around them. Pay attention to how they don't always take the obvious play. Because a lot of the time, those obvious plays will be bait. And it'll make or break the game. 
Mm-hmm. And you really have to start recognizing when to question yourself and look for the optimal play rather than going for the op- obvious play. But don't overthink it, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Easier said than done, but I love it. I appreciate the advice, and those are definitely good people to check out. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, uh, this part of the show, we like to check in with each other, see how everything's been going, you know, what our weeks have been like, what have we been doing in the world of Hearthstone, in the world of gaming, just in life in general. So, Nate, how you been doing? What have you been up to? Yeah, it's been a good week for me. I mean, it's been busy. Like, work this week has been super busy, and so I haven't had much... Uh, so the week kind of flew by and like last night I was like, Oh my gosh, it's Thursday. It's time to get ready for the show. My goodness. Um, and so, you know, everything's kind of been a whirlwind in, in terms of work. I, um, over the last couple of days, I developed this kind of dry wheezy cough. And like late at night, I was feeling like, Oh my gosh, I'm like, I'm coughing. I can't get enough air. I do. I went online and did like the survey online with the doctor's office. And they're like, you need to go get a COVID test like right now. Oh. I was like, Oh no. And so I went and it, it came back negative. So that's good. Uh, I said, here, take this inhaler. It's probably just allergies or something. So that's, that's good. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing fine. I'm very excited. I don't know if you guys can see this on the camera, but I just picked this up before the show is the um, re-release of the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, the trilogy. And I'm super excited. I've played the games like a bazillion times, but like they they just re-released it again. They updated uh, the old games. To, like they updated Mass Effect 1 to look like Mass Effect 3. And what did you get that on? Uh, PS4. PS4. Yeah, so it's not it's not available on the next gen consoles, which I thought was interesting. Like I thought it would be on PS5 and the new Xbox, and it's not. Um, but like it, uh, so so it's out on PS4, and I don't know what the Xbox version is. Was Mass Effect wasn't originally on PlayStation the the first one, right? Yeah. So yes, the first they one was it. an Xbox exclusive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they had the Mass Effect trilogy released on ps4 ps3 mm-hmm. and 360 and that's when mass effect was originally on playstation because i have not played the first one yet i had to skip to the second one because i was the first one guy. the first one is incredibly dated or it was incredibly dated at the time when i played it on ps3 yeah same I really hope i really hope they changed the controls for driving in that game they did they because did the uh, Mako was so bad. The maker, yeah, no, they, they announced so maker, a, yes. a couple of things that they said that they updated, and I, I haven't played this yet. I just got it like right before the show, um, but they said that they updated the controls for the Mako, which is this like moon tank that you drive around on the planets or whatever. It was awful. Um, they updated that, and then they took the the fighting mechanics from Mass Effect Three and put them into Mass Effect One. And so, you know, the, the different fighting stuff, the, um, the, the crouch and the, um, you know, the aiming and all that stuff and, and added it. So that should be cool. And I heard that they updated the graphics. And then something that I thought was interesting is that when Mass Effect 3 was, uh, had just come out, they released a, a phone app to go along with it that was like Galaxy at War. And you had to do things to make sure that your, like, troops were, you know, morale was high enough and it like tied into your account with the game and like it would change the ending depending on your progress in a stupid phone app and so they completely removed all of that which makes sense because they don't support the app anymore but like the story is great i don't want to spoil it for anybody but like this is an i don't know number one was like the story is good the gameplay was like eh, i'm excited to see where it is now 
Number two is probably one of the best games that I ever played. It was just really great. The story was great. The gameplay was great. It's like space oceans 11 kind of, and except instead of like robbing something, it's like suicide mission. Uh, It's really (laughs) awesome. And then three, uh, you either love it or you hate it. One of the, but like one of the cool things that I loved about the series is that, um, your care, you know, you create your custom character. Your character travels from one into two into three. The choices that you make carry over in between the games, and so it, it, it's pretty great. Uh, you can play as male shepherd or female shepherd, and there's just it's pretty cool. Um, I, I'm a big fan, and so that's probably what I'll be doing all weekend. Uh, I've been trying to um, climb in in both standard and wild. Um, I was sitting around rank 500 and then I started playing bad demon hunter decks and now I'm probably closer to a thousand. Uh, so, so that's, that's a little bit of a problem. We'll talk about the nerfs and the buffs later. Uh, and so when, you know, this is a wild show, so maybe it's not worth getting into, but the buff to Nazoth made me want to add it to the standard demon hunter deck because it brings back all this stuff and like Illidari Inquisitor is like my favorite card ever and playing Nazoth on 10 with one mana left will bring back your Illidari Inquisitor and you can attack face and then your Inquisitor goes face for another eight and like it's just a it's beautiful I I'm definitely your uh like Timmy player so (laughs) um you know making giant minions and smashing people in the face is very entertaining for me uh i i hit legend with pirate warrior and and all the aggro stuff too i hit legend with um odd demon hunter when it first came out and wild and uh i think q block is probably always be my favorite so i like that mana cheating stuff though but i try to try to do a bit of this a bit of that um yeah that's pretty much been my week um hyder what about you what have you been up to so uh, this week at work has just been the slowest schlog of a week I've I've had. We're just not um, we're not doing a lot right now, and it has. I mean, I'm still I'm working on some side projects and whatnot, but it's one of those stare at the clock kind of all mm-hmm. day long. Please make it end sort of weeks, and um, so it 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 hasn't been the funnest. But I'm training some people at the moment, so it's not too bad and as i mentioned on the show last week our new guy plays hearthstone so uh we at least i got that we get to talk about it and actually i i thought this was pretty neat um because i got two newer guys the one who actually started a couple months ago he rolled up his his sleeves and i noticed he's got sylvanas tattooed on his arm what that's rad yeah, and I was like, "Whoa, hold up!" <laughs> and so we started talking, and I guess he's a big WoW fan, so that was pretty cool. So it's been a little, little slow work, but we've been entertaining ourselves by just talking about some some games and stuff, which is pretty nice. Hearthstone's been slow too for me. I'm trying to find something that I can really enjoy playing in Wild, like I. I I gravitate towards, like, originally, I like to play fast games, right? Like, if I'm climbing the ladder, I don't want it to take forever. I like to play fast decks, get it over with. And then eventually I decided control was really fun because I can let everybody else do the work and I can sit there and clear their board, you know, that kind of stuff. 
and that works great too but i don't know that kind of stuff both of those two are getting a little old for me right now so i think maybe it might be time to look for a cool combo deck or something like that i haven't really played a lot of combo and so maybe that's my my next journey is to dive into more combo decks and i yeah i really want to jump into that so if you guys got any suggestions for something something spicy i'm all in i mean i got destroyed by malagos druid just earlier so that looked fun i've never actually played a malagos druid deck I've but seen I'm, some interesting new ones with the celestial alignment. Yeah, that's what it was. It was and, and like, oh man, it it just felt so dirty because I could not close the game out, and and then and then it was over. They just stall, <laughs> and then it's like Alex, Alex. So yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I I'm not good at it. I will tell you that I am really bad at it. I have lost to it several times, and you just kind of watch it unfold uh it's it's interesting i think early on we looked at celestial alignment like i i don't know how that someone is going to break this card it's not going to be me i will watch someone do it uh it's very entertaining but but yeah i definitely will the best part about a deck where you get to see a lot of their cards is you can take a, a look at the list right and you can go from there and or I'm sure it's online somewhere, but I like dissecting it and figuring it out and seeing how, you know, they pulled it off. So that's probably something I'm gonna jump into. Oh, I, I just I want a little more spice in, in my games lately. I like it. Um, yeah, yeah. And then there was the building of some listener series decks. Um that was fun. I haven't played my matches yet uh this week. But uh, hoping to get that done this weekend here. Uh, what about you, NHL fan? What have you been up to recently? Well, I do want to say some things to Nate. Uh, first, uh, I appreciate you talking about the space opera that is Mass Effect. <laughs> Whoever <laughs> hasn't played it, uh, should. It's a fantastic uh, shoot RPG. Great story. Lots of stuff going on in the game. And it'll keep you busy for a long time. Uh, that being said, the reason why I started playing it is because everyone complained about the ending. And I thought... It could never be that bad, right? The internet lies, and they exaggerate things, and, um... Well, the internet was right. It was that bad. <laughs> and, was uh, that before they changed it, or after they changed it? Don't spoil it I for anybody, say, though. I want to say the changes did not impress me at all, and it felt like it did absolutely nothing to change my opinion of the ending. Did you play Andromeda at all? The, like, the fourth game? did not because i saw reviews and i also have a friend who got it and he said it was very boring and bland yeah i haven't played it i don't i don't know yeah so the series overall is wonderful it's a beautiful thing it's 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 a journey i will say that i don't know how else to explain it like it is it was an unhealthy game from the developer's standpoint because it created a lot of bad habits in the industry mm. and really hurt bioware and a few other developers as well but the game itself has stood the test of time very well yeah yeah i think that's fair otherwise other things uh my puppy is actually fast asleep next to me i've been taking care of him by myself all week trying to train him um so he's four months okay uh, we got what, what type of dog He's some weird lab mix. We don't know exactly what kind. Okay. But, um, so we got him at two months old, or my idiot brother did. Uh, my brother, <laughs> Mississippi, heard that my grandfather wasn't doing well and decided, you know, 
you know what would be the best thing for a dying person <laughs> to help cheer them up and make things easier and everyone around them have something better? A puppy. Th this was literally a week after the rest of us decided, let's make sure we don't get a puppy because that's too much work right now. Yeah. My brother decides, <laughs> I have a puppy for you guys. Come down. It turns out he found this puppy on Snapchat, on some kind of public story. Uh, they were giving away a puppy two months old at the time. He decided, I'm going to get him for, for my family. He goes, sees the puppy. They say, can we have $50 for it? He goes, sure. I left my wallet in my car. Let me go get it. And of course, these idiots decided to let him carry the puppy to the car. He gets in the car, looks at his friend, tells them, go, 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 go. And they drive off without paying $50. What? Never been seen again. <laughs> Mind you. Oh my god, he dined and dashed with a dog. What? I do, shame him. <laughs> I do shame him for doing that because he stole a puppy. Special points for stealing puppy people. However, <laughs> these people were also giving away a puppy for $50, and that should be a crime itself. Because they couldn't have gotten the puppy in the first place. Because let me tell you, he was very bad at the time. Not potty trained at all, bit everything. Chewed on everything. It was just a mess, and it took a while to train him. Wow. I have a cat that my brother also supposedly rescued. Um, Liberated. Actually, well, <laughs> technically, he kind of did, because the thing was, he was screwing around with some friends at night, and I think they were they were shooting cans or something, and then they see some eyes, and they thought it was a squirrel. Brother was looking at him like, "Wait, wait, don't shoot," because he looks and he realized it's a cat, a gray cat. He went over, saw it with skin and bones, picked it up, and then decided, I'm going to keep it. Because he had called at 3 in the morning, the number on the collar, no one picked up, and he decided, all right, she's mine now. And so, uh, yeah, now that cat is with me, uh, she is actually under my name, because she lives with me, and I'll be taking her with me when I move to Sweden. In, oh. Um, yeah. Wow. So I got a cat out of him, too. I love cats. I've got two. They're wonderful. I, I, I've got a, a boy and a girl, they're brother and sister from the same litter. And it, it's so funny. I, um, the one of them, I always, I jokingly call it like the pod cat because every Friday night, like we, we go to record the show at six o'clock and the cat dutifully like comes over here, jumps up on the desk and lays down to the point where it was so frequent that I bought a bed and stuck it up on the desk because the cat is always in it when we're recording the show. All right. Now, like, look at the cat is right there <laughs> like yeah it's perfect it's uh they get to look out the window and it's so funny yep. um but yeah, yeah mine, cats are great mine she's very chatty um super friendly uh probably one of the friendliest cats i've ever met nice uh she'll greet people when they come in they hi actually speak to them then uh brush up against their legs and then give them space and if they want to pet her then she'll just love the attention because that's just who she is Otherwise, she'll do her own thing and let people be nice. really kind. Really that's that's great. I wish my cat loved attention from people. My my yeah. cat hates everybody except for us. Like you, you come in the house, she hates you. She hisses at you. She will attack you. Us, it, like nobody has seen my cat. Like even my parents, they've never seen my cat except for in photos. Be affectionate. And to me, my cat doesn't leave me alone. She follows me around the house everywhere. I go to the bathroom. She sits and meows at the door the whole time. Like, she sleeps right beside my head at night. She's, like, the most adorable thing. I've had her for 14 years now. Yep. 
And yeah, I just love her. She's awesome. But like anybody else that comes near her, she she tries to kill. And other animals too. Other than my dog, we like we had a cat and a dog at the same time. My dog passed away last year. But like those two got along because they were just with each other forever. But anything else, she I tried to cat sit and she tried to murder the other cat. Wow. Yeah. Well, now I can actually get around to the, the thing during the week. Um, <laughs> being dog sitting, uh, my dog has been still learning a lot of things because he hasn't really learned everything in the last two months and he's finally starting to listen to me. But the thing is, he also wakes me up at 4 a.m. and then keeps me awake and then he wakes me up at uh, 8 a.m. to go outside. So I've been getting little to no sleep for the last week. Oh, that's rough, that's man. Rough. Yeah, but he's getting better. That's good. What's um, his What's his name? My idiot brother named him Scooby. And <laughs> <laughs> original. The thing is, yeah, I mean, it's not original at all. My brother sucks at names. He wanted to name the cat Catsby. Like, Cats. why? The thing is, it's a girl. So why would you ever name it Catsby? Like, yeah, it's a, it's a stupid pun, but come on. <laughs> oh yeah, my he, named him, he named him Scooby, and unfortunately, we registered him as Scooby before I could change the name. I wanted to name him Skipper because he's a very jumpy and happy dog, and very clingy too, by the way. But um, Skipper would have been a much more fitting name for him. But my brother got the final say on that one. Unfortunately. Scooby, it is. Wait, but, it, before we move on, you mentioned that you were moving to Sweden. Yeah. So um, I'm in a bit of a long distance relationship, actually. And okay. I was in Sweden for a few months before, but because of documents mm -hmm. and government shutdowns for some things, I couldn't stay. One, because the Portuguese government shut down. I'm actually uh, dual citizenship there. And two, because there was no work being given out. There was no work available. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't get hired anywhere. No one was hiring in the Stockholm area, so I just couldn't stay i couldn't ask for an extension because the apartment for um immigration was pretty much backed up and shut down it's actually a big issue there where the last few months people who are permanent residents and have been working there they'll get laid off and because they get laid off they don't fit the requirements to remain in sweden and they're facing deportation as a result which is wow yeah despite them living and working there for years Wow, that's too bad. Yeah. It just sucks because their residency was just taken away in the blink of an eye. That's rough. But it sounds like all your paperwork went through or everything sounds like it's working out? I could have it done by August-ish. I just needed the pandemic to like calm down and blow over and then I'll be fine. I'm all vaccinated too, which is mm -hmm. really nice because their nice. vaccination program is pretty poor. They went all in on AstraZeneca and we all know how that's going. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not fun for them, but fortunately the, the states have been a bit kinder to me, so just hoping things open up sooner so she can come here. She's been dying to get away from home for a bit, and mm. there's, like, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of good things there. Um, I'm not going to get into details, but also, you know, the Tri-State area has things that you can't really find anywhere else because everything is here, you know. I don't know if either of you have been, you know, in the New York metropolitan area, but you have literally everything and anything you could want within 90 minutes of you. Right, right. It's really nice to have that convenience. Just whatever you wanted, whenever you wanted to do something, you know, 
and not have to worry about, you know, maybe something shutting down at 9 p.m. during the week. So, like, you can go to the grocery store if needed. Or, um, you know, you could have a, a, a quick trip somewhere. You can't really always do that in Sweden. And here we have seasons and, you know, daytime and nighttime on the same day, which during the summer and winter, they can't say. <laughs> I was there in December and we didn't get actual direct sunlight for three weeks. Holy cow. Wow. That's that's rough, man. Yeah. But now they can't seem to have the sun set fully. So. Wow. Yeah. That's, we have that. It's easy to forget when you're. I don't know. Like we, we have it really good here. I mean, I'm, I'm right outside Portland, Oregon and it's the same idea. You know, even you're in a major metropolitan area, like anything you want is within half an hour or so a lot of times closer than that. And so, man, it's, it's pretty great. And then you go somewhere outside of the country and it's like, Oh, Oh, things are a little bit different. We got it pretty good. It's, it's easy to take things for granted. For sure. All right. Well, um, I think maybe we should we should move on and see what's going on with the listener series, Nate. What do we what do we got going on? Yeah, I'll jump into it real quick. Um, Not not I don't want to spend too much time on this because we got a lot of news to talk about with the nerfs and the buffs. But uh, quickly to go over this week, uh, a couple things that we got here. Um, You know, recently last week I showed this, but I'll show it again. That We got some new artwork uh, from the woman who did our, like our previous kind of mascot logo, uh, Christina Oe, she's an amazing artist and this is really cool. So I'm excited to be able to show this off, get it on t-shirts and stuff, just super cool. And then uh, over the past week, I got the final design of our kind of esports mascot logo for the listener series from our designer, um, HSSN. Uh, and it's awesome. It, it's like a, it's like a play on our existing logo. Um, but like the dragon is in battle. It's super cool. I'm just, I'm excited for this and, and it's, it's been, it's pretty awesome. So, good. uh, yeah, I love, I love how it turned out. So I'm really excited for that. And hopefully we can get some of that stuff up in our merch shop later. Uh, but yeah, uh, this week's challenge for the listener series is called Phoenix rising. Um, real quickly, uh, if you're not familiar with the, Born to be Wild listener series. There's it's based on deck building restrictions each time, and so um, the rules for this week: uh, each deck must contain minimum fifteen minions. There's no restriction in terms of spells, weapons, hero hero cards. Those are fine, but the rules this week are that players can only use cards from the following sets: uh, the Legacy set, the Core set, and then Rise of Shadows, Saviors of Old Doom, Descent of Dragons, the Demon Hunter Initiate set, and Ashes of Outland. It's been um, interesting because we had the the bug this week where a uh, glaivebound adept wasn't in people's collections, and so anybody that wanted to use Demon Hunter, like wanted to use that card and it wasn't there, and so I kept getting pinged all week. Like, uh, I want to use this card, but it's not there. And early on in the week, we kept thinking that we were going to get the patch notes uh, on Tuesday and that it would be fine, and that the patch would go through on Tuesday and everything would be good. And then they pushed it out a day. And so we were telling people, hey, if you want to use this card, just sub it out for a Snowflipper Penguin or a or a Tiny Fin Murloc, and and just tell your opponent like that's what it's that's what it's supposed to be. Uh, but it's been fun. We'll see. Uh, we are for those of you who are interested, we are gonna cast a match after this. Uh, it's Odd Law versus Bane. It actually works out well because these guys live in Australia, and so it's two thirty their time, I mean nine thirty p.m. our time, and so. Uh, we've got updated stream graphics and stuff for the listener series 
And so I'm excited to, to show that stuff off. Um, in terms of the players, here's, here's the current uh, kind of standings, if you will. And so, you know, we only have scores in for one week so far, but these are all the players who went 3-0. There's too many to name. Um, and I think early on in the season, like we had a lot of people sign up and then forget to play. And so there was a, a handful of like either drops or like free wins for people the first week. And what I expect to happen is as we progress, um, you know, there will be less drops and more player versus player stuff. And so I, I'm excited to see kind of how this goes as we progress. Um, before we get into the news, I just wanted to give a giant shout out, giant thank you to my good friend, Electric Sheep City, who has put in an incredible amount of work on the behind the scenes end uh, for the spreadsheets. When we did this in season one, um, Mike was doing everything by hand like uh manually and it is a ton of work to to do this all manually and uh it's impossibly time consuming and difficult and so going into this season we had discussed early on like is there a way that we can do this a little bit better so that we're you know we're not sitting down here and you know poor mike was having to do all this stuff manually and and like it's just too much it's just too much for one person to do and so uh, we, we got kind of the template from our good friend, ridiculous hat and, uh, sheep has, has put in countless, uh, hours getting these spreadsheets set up so that in season two, everything is done. Um, I don't want to say automatically, but, but everything is, is on a spreadsheet, all the different weeks. It's got the opponents on there. It's got the rules. Y you submit all your deck lists online. Uh, yay tears has been down half the week. And so we, added the abilities donkey as well and um you submit bands through the spreadsheet you submit your um, end of the week like the match results to the spreadsheet and it's been fantastic and so i just thank you so much sheep for your help uh, it's been very 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 appreciated i can't thank you enough so um wanted to, to take a minute out and say that aside from that um everything else with the season is going well so far a lot of good players um I, i'm really kind of excited to see where this goes and yeah i hope if you guys are interested stick around after the show and watch uh, a match tonight and if you miss it for whatever reason it'll be on youtube later so yeah that's that's about it for the listener series um i don't know if you, you guys want to jump in at all but there's lots of news to talk about so i'm happy to just transition yeah, cool. Uh, I'm good to jump into the news, unless you got anything to add to that NHL. I'm ready for news. This was a it was a bit of a mis mixed week, right? Oh, it yeah. was uh, just some interesting stuff this week. So well, let's let's start off with um, in the shop right now. You you can jump in and you can grab uh, the standard bundle that's mm -hmm. in there right now. It's in there for four ninety nine, and what it'll get you is one random standard legendary card and five standard packs so it's only five bucks it's available through the 24th of may uh did you guys grab this at all i did uh i did i mean it's good value i think for five dollars so it's a dollar a pack and then i ended up getting a legend in my packs so it was five bucks for two legends and oh it's cool i can't complain yep nhl did you get it I actually passed on this so far. Um, I felt my collection was all right right now. Uh, I was fortunate enough to have the Mega Bundle gifted to me nice. by a very good friend. 
and I really want to thank them. I, you know who you are. You know, I, I appreciate that so much, and it means a lot to have friends that you know are so kind. But um, yeah, uh, my standing collection is feeling pretty good right now, and I have quite a bit of dust in the bank, so I didn't feel the need to go out of my way for this. Sometimes I'll pass on these bundles if I'm already doing pretty well. I do think if you just want to bolster your collection a little bit, this is probably one of the best values you'll ever get. Mm -hmm. So don't think twice, especially only at $5. It's, it's barely a meal. It's like half a meal. Like You're not going to feel this at all. You know, sometimes you'll even find this on the ground. Just imagine, <laughs> yeah. right? Finding a standard bundle on the ground. It's a great feeling. So yeah, you know, getting two legendaries, you know, it feels good. But even one legendary here and and five packs on top of that, it's such good value. And the last standard year was a lot of really powerful cards. They've mostly had a good effect on wild, and I think you know both standard and wild players will get a lot of value out of it. Yeah, I think even better now with with the uh, no duplicates rule. Makes it so it, you know you know you know that you're gonna get something that you don't have unless you have everything, and so it's it feels less bad I think than it used to. Uh, way way back when I don't remember I think it was um, Ungoro when they uh, had the quests for the first time. I you know before way before duplicate protection I opened four copies of the Murloc Shaman quest. And like I was, and I was still missing some of the like the best legendaries. And I'm sitting here open the freaking Murloc quest four times, and I was like, "Dude, stop!" And and so now that there's duplicate protection, this stuff is wonderful. Like you you drop five dollars, you guaranteed at least one legend that you don't have. Like, dude, it's worth it for the one card alone. So I I think it's cool. I mean, if you don't need the cards, you don't need the cards. Hyder, did you get it? I got it. Only after I saw you got two legendaries, I didn't know I wasn't going to get it. Because um, then it crossed my mind. I don't, I don't know if it's true or not, but you know how when there's new packs, you've got that first 10, you get a legendary mm. like sort of thing. I'm like, maybe, maybe that's something with this. You have a higher chance. So I don't know. This does have that. So I, I grabbed it also, and I also got two legendaries. So, well, there uh, you go. Yeah, I got. Um, Forest Warden Omu and the Druid one, the Archspore Mishfin mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, so, which I already actually had both those cards in. I, I packed those ones in gold originally. Oh, dude, and wow. So I, and now I have the regular ones. So I'm like, hmm, disenchant gold ones for lots of dust or keep gold. Uh, you got to keep the gold, man. <laughs> Oh, I will. I will. You know, I keep. I, I craft gold cards, so I'm gonna keep the gold. That's cool. It's just so tempting because you can get the full dust there. But um, also in the shop, we have the return of Cadgar. You can get the hero set for nine ninety nine or fifteen hundred gold. You get the Cadgar Mage Hero and the Wondrous Wisdom card back. Um, which uh, I don't know what date. Nate, do you know when this one was originally? Oh no, uh, this is just. No, no, yeah, this is back from April 2016, and I April remember, I remember this one specifically because it was only available for like one week, and you could only get it on iPhones, and it was, it was as a fundraiser for the WWF, and it was like, it, it was just so random, and I remember everyone being That's all right. been out of shape about it because it was relatively difficult to get. I mean, in my mind, it's like, hey, if you don't have an iPhone, that's cool, but everybody knows somebody that owns an iPhone. 
Like, hey, dude, yeah. let, me, let me borrow your phone for five minutes. I'm going to download this app. I'm going to log in. I'm going to buy the thing, and then I'm going to delete the app from your phone. That's, not that's right. I think I swear I must have I because I have an iPhone that's broke like a broken screen and I never use it. It's basically like an iPod. I think I just fired it up to get this at that point. I'm not sure that that must have been it. I like it because Cadgar has like the greatest uh, like taunt emote where he, he says like it's time for a lesson insolent pup. And he's got his old man voice. It's really funny. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, I, I like it. I, he's kind of my like de facto mage. I, I just like his BM, but uh, I know people little... were upset because he could, he was not available for such a long time. Yeah. A little side note Um, in case anyone has that kind of issue again, where it's like a uh, certain platform exclusive, uh, there are tutorials online for you to change the build prop. I don't, I'm not going to, Say you should do this. I'm just saying it's an option. It's available. Um, you change it so that you read the platform to be something else. Um, I know that they gave away Samsung card backs and card packs based on this. Yeah, and I just use an emulator. Yeah, you just kind of use an emulator and um, it automatically works. So you don't have to buy these devices if you don't have them. I know there's one for tablets. There's one for iPhones. There's one for Android. There's one for Mac and there's one for Windows. So, again, I'm not suggesting you do it, but if you really want to, you can check it out. And if something like this happens, it's an option. So it's a thing. It's a thing. You can yeah. use it if you want. <laughs> yeah. We we also <laughs> we also have back in the store. If you missed out, one of the greats is back. The Pizza Stone card back. Uh, it's available for two ninety nine or five hundred gold, and there was something going on on a little special yesterday with this. Hey, Nate, did, <laughs> did you got something something to tell us? This was so crazy. I was not expecting this, right? So yesterday, the Hearthstone account like tweeted out their Hearthstone pizza or whatever, and I'm sitting there and I check my email and like freaking Hearthstone gifted me uh, a gift card for DoorDash to buy pizza. Uh, specifically to celebrate the pizza card back. It was amazing. It was like, w was absolutely not expecting it at all. An email from Hearthstone community manager. Uh, hey, to celebrate the um, return of the pizza card back, here's money. Go buy yourself a pizza. It was like, what? What? Like, are you joking <laughs> me? Like, I was, it was you like, yeah, I used it tonight. <laughs> I, I, um, uh, the rest of us. <laughs> I, yeah, I got some mod pizza before the show. It was great. Um, uh, I've never used DoorDash before because I'm an old man and I usually will go get it myself. Uh, and so I, I created a DoorDash account and I used the gift card. It was super cool. So Hearthstone and Chris, thank you so much. It was very cool. It was an absolutely unexpected, uh, gift and, and I was just floored. It was very cool and surprising. Uh, I'm happy I, to send some off to to um, to you out in uh, Canada and wherever you are, <laughs> NHL, <laughs> Mississippi. Is that what you said? No, no, no. <laughs> or New I'm Jersey? In Mississippi because he's in the Navy. I'm back in New Jersey. So, and we were just recently voted for uh, best pizza in the country. Ooh, yeah, definitely check out our pizza. We've been telling everyone that our pizza is best, and everyone is insisting that New York. Is this better? Nope. We just got number one. Wow. But really, Tri-State Area Pizza, best pizza, there is no arguing. It just hits different. When you live here and you actually see for yourself, you will finally understand and it clicks. I know there's a lot of debate on it, 
but you don't understand until you actually come here for the pizza. I will take your word for it. Vancouver pizza, I, I don't know, maybe Blue Train. If you can tell me a good spot, uh, it, eh, eh, not very good here. Wild card is already starting. Chicago pizza's best pizza. <laughs> yes. You don't even know. This is how you know. I've been to Chicago. I've had the difference. I know how it is. Okay. <laughs> Nothing compares. Also, uh, Dr. Evil, Taylor. The Tri-State area is a bit different. We have a mix of everything, and we do have the food capital of the world. So we actually do know how to cook. I will take your word for it. I, I've never been to New Jersey, even though I love the Devils. But uh, I'll take your word for it, for sure. That's wonderful. <laughs> I That's the sad thing about moving to Portland. Like, I'm originally from California, and we had a lot of good food there. I won't say we had the best pizza. We had some incredible Mexican food. And then coming to Portland, you know, especially downtown, like, there's lots of food carts and stuff and there's like i don't know there's a lot of fusion restaurants and a bunch of like bougie stuff and there's a bunch of bars but like there is no good mexican food in the entire city at least not that i've found and so i that's what i miss about california i imagine it's similar you know if your local area's got a food that you love in particular like they just don't make it like that everywhere so uh, if I'm ever in New Jersey I will I will take your recommendations for pizza absolutely absolutely Okay, let's move into the meat of it. We got some nerfs and we've got some buffs to talk about. Yeah, this is this will be fun. I uh, last week we were making predictions and so we get to see, you know, how right we were, how wrong we were and NHL I'm particularly interested in your hot takes on these as to like are they good? Are they bad? Do they affect wild at all uh so yeah we'll 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 see uh where where do you want to start well so so let's start out yeah yeah let's let's start from the top here we're we're gonna start with refreshing spring water it went from four mana to five mana and i'm just gonna read the dev comment on this one um they stated spell mage currently exhibits many explosive turns with refreshing spring water playing a significant role by nerfing Refreshing Spring Water to 5 mana, we're aiming to lower the frequency of extreme turns where Refreshing Spring Water draws cards and gains you mana in the process. By lowering the frequency of those gameplay sequences, we believe the deck's range of possibilities will be more in line with current options. So, yeah, let's. I, I want to get your opinion on this for sure, NHL fan. What, what do you think about this nerf adding the one extra mana to Refreshing Spring Water? So, uh, to be clear, um, I know a lot of High Legend players have spoken on this. Um, APM Mage was becoming less of a problem as time went on because it was countered and the win rate wasn't as high as you know we were exhibiting. Like the Even the guys at Tempest Stone were like, do we even put this at Tier 1? This doesn't feel as Tier 1 as the other decks. You know, Maybe it's Tier 2, but the problem is it's still good and like a high legend, you know, it can win games and that means we have to, you know, consider it to be pretty good, even though it's not nearly as good as it once was. You know, everyone had read VS reports and seen the data on HS replay, it's just gone down in win rate. And this puts the win rate even lower. Uh, same thing happened in standard as well with Spell Mage. It's actually below 50% for the most part now, I think. So the nerf did its job there in the short term. Uh, that's the thing, though. This is a Short-term fix for a long-term problem, in my opinion. Problem card was Encanter Slow, and the reason why is because when you look at the mulligan win rate for the card versus other cards in the deck, um, I remember looking at Standard Spell Mage, 
and seeing that it had a 9% jump in mulligan win rate from Encanter's Flow to the next best card. Yeah, wow. I think it was like if you kept it in opening hand, it was like 75% win rate or some insane thing. Yeah, like something that. ridiculous. 66% win rate in top 1,000 legends. Wow. Which is insane. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the card, the card was inherently swinging just by getting it in the mulligan. And Blizzard kind of acknowledged that because it talks about how refreshing spring water can create explosive turns by gaining mana. How do you make it gain mana? By discounting it. Discount <laughs> flow. So right. we come back to the problem card. <laughs> if you had nerfed to the problem card, like Encanter Slow in the beginning, then Refreshing Spring Water wouldn't be gaining mana in the first place. It would be much more difficult to gain mana, and aggressive decks would be able to do th more things against this kind of deck, right? So I think that, sure, this nerf is fine for now. But Mage still has problems with mana cheating in the future because of cards like Encanter's Flow being left untouched. Well, even then, we have um, the uh, you know the the issue of of cards being reduced to, to zero mana. I mean, I think if we if there was something in place that said you know you can reduce mana, but it can't go below one. That would solve a lot of issues. Now I don't know if that kills a bunch of decks or not, but like, yeah. So I don't so, know. Sorcerer's Apprentice will always be a problem, right? Yeah, I don't know if they're ever going to touch that. I, I doubt like, it, but they touched Barnes. That's true. They did. They did. That's a good point. We'll see. And, I mean, I, I think ha having Ixar playing lots and lots of wild these days and being in like top wild legend, I think is beneficial for us as a format that like, at least you can't say, Hey, the devs don't have, uh, you know, they're out of touch with wild. Like, Oh no, no, they're, you know, he's playing a lot of it. And so I, he's playing the best X. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. So, yeah, uh, I think, I think this was a band aid for, a larger problem in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. I mean, I don't have anything else to contribute to it. I think you hit the nail on the head here. Do you think um, that it's just going to continue to see play because of what it does, even though it costs the one more mana? I still think you run it. Um, yeah. I don't know if any of you know about AFAR. So AFAR is a guy on the EU server. Um, he's been playing uh, Homebrew. Exodia Mage, where you play the quest, uh, open the Waygate, and eventually you cycle through your deck, play a bunch of Sorcerer's Apprentices, copy them with uh, Molten Reflection and Potion Illusion, and then you combo with um, Evocation to complete your quest, play Time Warp, drop Archmage Antonitis, and kill your opponent with Fireballs. It's a really unique and innovative deck. He still runs this card. Well, okay. there you go. <clears throat> Card's still good. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the next uh, nerf, and that is First Day of School. Originally, zero mana, add uh, two one-cost minions to your hand. Now it is one mana, add three one-cost minions to your hand. And um, keep in mind, these dev comments that they have here usually are referring to how they play out in standard, but... Um, I'll read what they wrote uh, for this one as well. 
They stated, as we look at Paladin's continued strong performance across multiple archetypes, we're nerfing first day of school in order to hit Paladin's early game strength. By bumping first day of school's mana cost and the amount of one cost minions generated, we're moving the card to fit a value role rather than its initial position as an efficient curve enabler. Hmm. This what do is, we think about this one? I mean, I'm not the expert, but I, this is interesting to me. I think now, like, hey, you can jam this in Odd Paladin. And, and I know people were playing this already in Handbuff Paladin, which is tier one right now, right? And in my mind, like, this almost feels like a buff to me in, in Handbuff Paladin. Like, cool, now I got one more minion that I can buff. Yeah. More I mean, minions, buff. I mean, that's that's my hot take. I mean, NFL. What do you what do you think about this one? NFL, NHL, NHL. I'm sorry, it has been a long week. Pardon no, 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 no. me. No, it's funny because I'm in a that's server amazing. Uh, for THL. God, how embarrassing! I actually changed my name to a different league, so I think I was um, NBA was like, fan, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, NBA aficionado at some point. I, I did use NFL in there with like Garden State aficionado or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I change it every single season. Oh, there. see, there you go. I feel slightly less guilty now. Let me, let me check to see what I have right now. <laughs> oh, MLB Clam State Devotee. Oh, hey, see, there we go. I'm <laughs> playing the name. So I change it every season. Don't worry, you're fine. But uh, I think you guys are right. You know, this... This is kind of a, a side grade kind of nerf, right? So they did achieve their goal in making this less of an on-curve play, which hurts aggressive Paladin decks. So we'll get to another nerf later that kind of killed aggro Paladin, but this hurts aggro Paladin a lot, right? You don't yeah. have the turn one play, you can't play it. Well, with hand buff, though, you didn't really care about your turn one play. You just wanted to fill up your hand, buff a bunch of minions, and then swing the board, right? And mm -hmm. this fills up your hand. Exactly. So this is really good in hand buff. Hand buff still runs this. They don't really care. I don't know if this goes into odd paladin. I think, I think it was Corbett that was testing it out. I don't. I haven't asked him to see how it felt. Uh, his his belief was that good cards just go into good decks. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> I played a lot of odd paladin. I've done some coaching with mentalistic. I think the deck for odd paladin is pretty tight. And so the question is, what do you cut to add this? And I can't really think of anything. So I don't know. I mean, maybe. My thing is that these are one drops that don't synergize with your deck. Exactly. And yeah. Why play one mana minions if you can get two one ones that synergize with the rest of your deck off of your hero power? So I don't know if it goes in just yet. Maybe it goes in at some point as some sort of tech in a faster meta just to fight for board more. But right now, I don't see it going in, especially with the meta dominated by hand buff and dark clear. Yeah. Fair points. Change. Uh, I know someone mentioned in chat that this was like twin slice, and I kind of have to agree, where it changes the way the card is played, but it doesn't change the power level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a fine change. It achieved what Blizzard wanted, and it's still going to see play. Yeah. For sure. I. I not one of those nerfs that they just decided to nuke a card. It's definitely a good card. Full agree. Yeah, well, and something to keep in mind as we talk about the nerfs and the buffs is that when Blizzard does this, it's typically, not not always, but typically it's from a standard perspective. And so there's a problematic standard deck that's playing this. 
and it you know they've got to slow that down or or fix it or whatever and so you know we knew like paladin's ridiculously strong there's a lot of different builds whether it's secrets or aggro or librams or whatever and so this is just really strong it was interesting like it, they would have i think killed it if if they kept it at one mana add two like okay cost one more but but where they said one mana add three like well, doesn't really feel like a nerf to me it just feels like a change yeah okay up next we have hysteria originally three mana now up to four the dev comment on hysteria is at three mana hysteria becomes an option before opponents really have the opportunity to consider how best to interact with it pushing hysteria to four mana gives more space for those board committal decisions to occur and also allows cheaper removal in priest slash warlock to have more uh, distinct purpose so this this one this one was a, a bit of a bummer for me personally I, I get probably in standard it's a bit of an issue but i really enjoy this card i mean i don't think it's that big of a hit personally uh you, you gotta wait a bit but sometimes i wait to play hysteria anyway uh, like you, you could take out some minions in an aggro deck, like early on with it. I, I feel like it formatted. Like there's gonna be times where you really wish it cost three, but I, I don't think it's it's still a, an extremely powerful card in my opinion. NHL, what do you think about this one? Man, this nerf really hurts in both formats for the wrong reasons. So in wild, we didn't need this hysteria nerf, right? I don't wasn't think so. Yeah, no. Lock where it was doing with the card. We already got rid of the problem with this card back in January when they were, were they were bad tiller decks. The but tiller, just, yeah. yeah. You shoved this in Reno Lock, and then Reno Lock was insane, and that was kind of a problem. But that's gone. Hysteria was just a good card and a solid answer against uh, the top meta decks in Hand Buff Paladin and Dark Lair Warlock. Well, at four mana, that's a problem now because that means if Dark Lair pops off turn three, you don't have an answer to their board anymore. And the same goes against Odd or Hand Buff Paladin, where this could be super awkward coming down a turn later compared to having a three mana. So it really hurts in Wild, and it makes the best decks a little bit better. Yep. In Standard, this had different effects that were kind of unintended and not really ideal so over there priest maybe took a, a step down but it's still really good i'd say at least tier two which is not what people wanted to see i wouldn't be surprised if it got close to tier one again like it was before wow yeah um, i mean if any of you watched um masters tour everyone was banning priests and the target priest strat did not work gabby the winner actually banned priest every single round because they just he just didn't want to play against it <laughs> and now priest is still good hysteria is at four but that means you can't vary your builds in priest anymore so before for slower late game oriented um builds you could run kazakis and cut zarella and samuro from your builds but because hysteria is such a key card to these control priest builds you can no longer do that, and you're kind of forced to run those cards. You can't run Kazakas anymore 
without a huge sacrifice. So it kind of sucks yeah. to see the deck building changes go away. Like you can't have those variations anymore, which kind of shoehorns players into a certain build and play style instead. And that's something you don't really want to see. Yeah, I hadn't considered the uh, Kazakis. The Kazakis. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a shame. Yeah. <clears throat> The other thing in Wild is that this really hurts Reno Priest because now you have another four. Before, the, your only fours were Spawn and Kazakus, and then sometimes Zarella. And Zarella was already just on the cusp of, you know, whether you put it in or not, you weren't sure. Now you have another four-cost card in your Polkelt stack, and that hurts. Hmm. It's definitely true. Yeah. I don't think this um, affects Big Priest too much, though. I think it, that they... It absolutely does. Do you think so? Every single every single mana matters, especially against a deck like Dark Lair. Oh, yeah, if we're talking about with Dark Lair, for sure, I suppose. Yeah. You know, I think the biggest issue in Wild is that, like, you know, as of right now, there's two, like, best decks, right? So I've got Handbuff Paladin, I've got Dark Lair Warlock, as like these are the tier one decks to beat and the nerfs didn't hit those at all it just made their counters less good and so i i mean you know where, where we're left is is like the the two best decks are still the best and where do we go from here so we'll see i mean we'll get into the buffs in a minute but like it's not super impressed was, uh, absolute another high legend player and mm -hmm. one uh, a few months ago, uh, you see, kind of put it best where hand buff was the deck best before, and dark layer was the second best. With the nerfs and buffs, dark layer is now the best deck again, and hand buff is the second best deck, and that's where we are. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, uh, the next one was really interesting. <laughs> we predicted that this card was going to get hit, but we were wrong with how it got hit, and so we've yeah. got <laughs> we've got crab rider. Which is a staple in Handbuff Paladin, right? I mean, it's this is just a really good card, and so it went from two mana one four Rush Wind Fury to two mana one four Rush Battle Cry Gain Wind Fury this turn only. Like, wow, wow, that is uh, it's definitely different. And I, it was kind of funny. We were joking on the show over the last week that in the AMA, like Ixar made a comment that this was a control tool and we're like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this feels like kind of an aggro tool to me, but, um, it, the dev comment here, it says crab rider is too efficient in some of our board based decks, clearing minions and dishing out a lot of wind fury damage by changing crab riders, wind fury to only last until the end of the turn. We're pulling back on the lethality. It poses if left alone for a few turns. We aim for Crabrider to still remain a solid option for decks looking to swing back the board, especially when combined with buffs. But like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, what you would see people do is like coin out Crabrider on one, Hand of a Doll turn two, you know, just buff this and like, how can you deal with uh, getting hit for eight damage, um, you know, six damage on turn two, eight damage on turn three, like you just died. And so... I don't know. I mean, I'm not good at Handbuff Paladin. It's on my list of, of decks to learn. Uh, I know a lot of people are very good at it, and this was kind of a staple in that. Um, NHL, what is your take on, on the change to this card? So, 
I don't want to give Blizzard too much credit because I don't think this is a very creative nerf. I think this was the right nerf, though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think this is as elegant as they could have done it for what they were trying to do. I think lowering the health would have made it too weak and unplayable. And now the card fits exactly what kind of uh, job they want it to fit in, where it uses the board removal tool. Right? So you can swing the board with this really well in the early game and in the mid game with buffs. Mm-hmm. So it's and I think that's really important. You know, people, I know a lot of streamers were praising Blizzard on this. I don't think they deserve the praise for changing a card that was clearly overpowered and people who had played the card saw that it would need a nerf eventually. Um, yeah, you know, this deck, this card still sees play in quite a few decks, I think. I think Bodybuilder said it still goes in hand buff and Bodybuilder is the hand buff guy. I'm he's the expert, right yeah. Yeah, so if he says it, odds are he's right. So I'm going to keep it in there. I know in standard, it's still going to see some play in their version of hand buff paladin, which is Rush Warrior. Because, you know, like Blizzard wanted, mm. this still controls the board really well. Uh, lets you go two for one. I think you'll still play it in some Murloc decks, actually. Um, at least in a tip the scales paladin, I can see it, because this will deal with the board. And part of that deck is swinging the board because you want to have a big board yourself that threatens lethal, and this helps with that. So I think it'll see play there. I'm not sure if it stays in Murloc Shaman. That's a bit tougher for this card to fit in now because you can't snowball with the rest of your deck. But yeah. I think, I think this card will still see play, and it won't be as tilting as before. Of course, Aggro Paladin is very sad because this card was key to that, but mm-hmm. with four mana call to arms, that deck will come back eventually. Oh, yes. Well, you know, the other question that I have, and of course, this is this is an unknown still, but what they've said in the past is that, hey, when we're nerfing cards in standard, when it's time for them to rotate back to wild, we'll revert them back to what they were. Now, we saw this last time, and... They did a lot of uh, reversions, but they weren't all exactly to what they were before. And so, like, it makes me wonder on these, like, hey, we're going to get Hysteria back. Not necessarily to, like, pre-Tiller, but, like, can we get it back to three? That'd be cool. At the halfway Uh, point, yeah. Yeah, some stuff like that. It makes me wonder. So, you know, are these temporary or these permanent? I I guess we'll see. Yeah, we still have another year. Anything can happen. We'll have to see where the meta is then. Because Blizzard has shown that when they do buffs, they don't want to buff existing archetypes. They want to prop up underplayed archetypes, in their opinion, and things that they want to show up more. Mm-hmm. If something like Hand Buff Paladin drops in play by the end of the year, and they want to give that deck a boost again, then I think something like Crab Rider will be reverted. You know... But if hand buff is still insane at the time, then maybe they'll go in a different direction and leave Crab Rider alone because it still sees play there. So it'll be tough to say. Yeah. We'll see. Interesting. Uh, all right. We have one last nerf here. It is to Mancrick, uh, specifically to Olga Mancrick's wife. So when this card plays, it summons. Uh, previously summoned a 310 Mancrick that immediately goes face. Uh, the issue was that it had 10 health, and I think it was really difficult to kill. The The kind of running joke was like, the, the new Alexstrasza does 8. And it was like, hey, Alexstrasza can't kill 
the, the man crick like it's kind of funny <laughs> and, and so and so they they have reduced the health now it's now a three seven man crick i'm almost surprised that they didn't like i was thinking three eight but whatever um it's i've seen a bunch of people over the last month start adding this card to all kinds of decks in wild particularly like secret mage and uh, some of the rogue decks i, I i've experimented with myself um, I, I don't think it's particularly broken in, in wild, but like, I'm still kind of have mixed feelings on this and I'm not quite sure what the power level is. You guys like, what is your hot take on this? Yeah, I think this card is fair now. Uh, three ten is kind of nutty even on turn four. Like, yes, we're in a format where dark Lair warlock exists, mm-hmm. but they're also dealing like 10, 15 damage. So I guess there's a sacrifice. As some people yeah. would say, a little agony goes a long way. <laughs> uh, shout out 6J for making that joke all the time and making me say it here. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, this card is still going to be played, I think. I don't think it's a meme. I think now the goal in standard was to make it so that it wasn't auto-include, which it was becoming an auto-include in a lot of decks, and that was a problem. Now you just kind of put it in decks with a lot of cycle. And we still see that in Wild 2 with things like Secret Mage. I think this is still a fine inclusion Secret Mage because, you know, a 3-mana three 3-4 three, that deals 3 damage is pretty good and it puts a 3-7 on the board. You're going to draw into it more often than not. Yeah. Uh, there are other high-cycle decks where you can still utilize this as well and it'll be pretty good. And, you know, being a 3-7, it doesn't really matter all that much because you just want the board presence before a 310 sure it's a 310 but what is that going to do against i don't know samuro or priest's removal or any of that the health was not the issue in wild mm-hmm. it was already sticky enough and it's still sticky at a 3-7 yeah i think that's fair How yeah i think? think i think just in, in standard if you play mancrick turn three and then draw olga turn four and you have 10 health on the board and you're versing another minion base deck 10 health is a lot to get through Right. If 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 you're if you don't have the removal, you're forced between ignoring it and just going face, which is could be your best bet, really, because why do you want to tack on ten health to your opponent's overall health? Right. Going through something like this, it's it's just a lot. So I think that the seven health is like a great. It's a great nerf. I like. I, I think that it's way more balanced and it's it's just more fair and. If you're aiming to go face, this thing is hits face every single time when you draw it anyways, and that's a lot of the point of the card, so I think it's fine. I think it's good nerf. Yeah, it's interesting. At 10, where I really saw the problem was like, uh, <laughs> when you play Hysteria on a minion that has 10 health, like it's just gonna, <laughs> it's just going to clear the entire board, and it probably doesn't die even. I mean... That too. Uh, so, you know, whatever. I think this is fair now, though. I agree. All right, we got a handful of buffs as well. Oh, we can go fast through these because a lot of these won't really have too much of an effect in standard or in wild, I should say. Yeah, yeah, probably not so much. Huh? Agreed. I mean, it's in both formats that they don't really have much of an effect. Yeah, this doesn't have much of an effect in wild at all. Yeah, so uh, there, there's wanna, one thing. Through I don't, yeah, go ahead. I just wanted to say quickly, though, um, that there is one in here that was your premier five-star card. 
Oh, okay. Well, I'm I'm excited to get through them then. Okay, first up, uh, first up is Razorbore. Uh, so this is a it was a two mana two two beast. Death rattle summon a death rattle minion that costs three or less from your hand. So and they buffed it to have three attack now. They've been pushing this death rattle demon hunter in standard as a new archetype. Personally, I've been having fun with it. I don't think it's that great. It's it's a lot of fun. Like I, I'll take the buff. I mean, I've been playing with it, and I'm not sure you know how how good it is, and or or what. So in wild, I don't think it really does anything. I mean, I've seen people try to experiment with this, um, you know, death rattle demon hunter in wild. People are making like Reno Nizoth death rattle decks. Uh, I think it was Martian Boo hit legend with it last month, and there's a couple, um, you know, there's a couple people that do okay with it, but I just don't think that it's strong enough to compete with, um, you know, the other decks in, in wild that are like that power level. So I don't know. You, I mean, you guys have any hot takes on this? I, I don't think it's, there's anything that great to report though. Yeah. There, there's not much to say on this card. Uh, two, two to three, two isn't going to make much of a difference. It's not a break point in health or attack. And there still really aren't many good depth rattles to be pulled in wild at the three mana mark, so there's no real point to run this in Demon Hunter. Yeah. It's also we, it's, well, it's interesting where we start people see running like uh, because of the legendary minion, we now see people running like uh, Stalag and Fugin back in, in wild, like Death Rattle Demon Hunter decks, and it's like, oh man, I don't. These cards have never <laughs> been good, and I mean, they're fun. But actual competitive, like, yeah, I don't yeah. know. This thing can now kill a river croc. Cool. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it is what it is. I will say, I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm having fun with it. So I'm not opposed to it, but whatever. Uh, the next card, that I, and, and look, uh, we do have some dev comments on the buffs. Uh, I'll read it real quick because it's one comment that applies to all 10 cards. It says, we're, we're issuing a number of buffs in the 20.2.2. Uh, patch mainly focused on bringing up struggling classes and archetypes one of our goals for a meta is to provide deck diversity not only different class options but also attractive deck options that play markedly different from one another these buffs follow that goal as each one is targeted at helping out an underrepresented archetype or play pattern so okay they're trying to push death rattle demon hunter uh, the next one up is Dark Inquisitor Xanish. It went from a three mana three five. Uh, the stats remain the same. So previously it said Battlecry reduced the cost of all corrupt cards in your hand by and deck by two, and it's changed now to say reduce the cost of all corrupt and corrupted cards by two. And like I don't know, I guys, I, I think in Wild this was not seen play in the first place, right? So I don't think that changes. I mean. No, this is a very limited card. Uh, it only works with one set, and those corrupt cards are fairly weak. The one corrupt card that we did see a lot of in Wild is nerfed and doesn't see play anymore. There's yeah. clowns, but you're not trying to discount clowns. So, I also saw Otters play this in Discord, and uh, he went on to lose like three, four games in a row before giving up. <laughs> yeah. He just persisted on and on trying to get a single oh, win. Boy. Just to say he could win with Corrupt Priest and he just couldn't do it. Yeah. Well, you know, A for effort. The The only time I've ever run this card is when I've gotten the quest to play X amount of Corrupt cards. And that's I just... Funny. That's it. That's it. So... 
<laughs> I, well, I, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, next up is Unbound Elemental. This is a shaman card. Went from a three mana two four. Whenever you play a card with overload, gain plus one plus one. Uh, it got buffed. Now it has three attacks, so it's a three mana three four now. Uh, I again, this is a card that I don't think has ever seen play. I don't really think that it's ever gonna see play. I I jammed this into a deck in duels, uh, where you know where my my special power is like your overload doesn't actually mm-hmm. overload you. I'm like, okay, cool. Gets a little buff, whatever. In wild, this is like zero change. I mean, right? I don't see it. It's We've never played it. We're never going to play it, right? Yeah. No, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see us I, ever playing this card. It's an odd cost card. They kind of wrecked our odd shaman anyway. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, 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 I don't see this ever seen play, even with this buff in wild. <laughs> All right, let's just move on then. Uh, next up is... Oh, do you... Yeah. Next up is Tidal Surge. It went from four mana, lifesteal, deal four damage, to three mana, lifesteal, deal four damage. Like, again, talk about it. This is another card that we weren't playing. I, I don't see it making an impact at all. Uh, even in our... Like, we, we started to see some people get creative um, with, like, Reno Shutterwalk Shaman. I know, like, uh, our friend Dr. Evil hit Legend with Reno Shutterwalk Shaman this week. I know Cream Puff has been playing it a lot. As well, cat, knock it off. My, sorry, my cat's being noisy over here. <laughs> um, and I don't think we were playing that card in, in. Uh, I don't think we were playing this card in that deck, anyways. So again, this is another one. Like, okay, um, anything you guys know? I mean, this is going to be a good card to discover. Yeah, randomly generated, awesome. Otherwise, don't put this in your deck. <laughs> yeah yeah Agreed. that's fair all right uh next up is lily pad lurker and it, you know we looked at this early on and i think all kind of had the general consensus that like this would be really cool if it didn't require that you play an elemental the prior turn uh elemental shaman is just not good it's not that consistent i i mean clearly they're trying to push that archetype and but like it's not good in standard. It's not good in wild. I suppose if you really wanted to, like I've seen some people to try put it in like a Shutterwalk deck for the battle cry, but like, I I I, I am not super impressed. Up. But I think you summed it up best though. Uh, this deck needs elementals, and I need to curve out with elementals. Elementals will never work in wild because of the fundamental way they work in that they encourage a curving out style of gameplay. So you're forced to play fair every single turn. Supposedly, mm-hmm. advantage of these battle cries that let you do unfair things. But there is no elemental right now that lets you do anything that's even close to mana cheating on curve. And therefore, this can't see play. Yeah. This is also bit of a reactive and defensive card they make it look proactive with the five six stats but you have to turn a minion into a zero one frog with taunts and sometimes there's not really any good target like you'll the card inherently makes you want to hold it but you're not supposed to hold it because it's an elemental so you're supposed to play this on curve right yeah and there's and therefore there's a bit of a um a bit of a conflict in how the card is played Hmm. Mm-hmm. And that makes it very awkward for the player. And that means it's not good. And making it a 5-6 doesn't change that. In fact, it makes it even more difficult for people to figure it out because they're going to feel like they have to just throw it away like an arena card. 
and that sucks. So. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next up, we have a warlock card. It's fiendish circle. Previously, was a four mana summon four one one imps is reduced by one. So now it's three mana summon four one one imps. And like again, this is another one that we were never playing. I think back in the days before um, they uh, nerfed. God, I can't even remember the archetype anymore. The uh, darkest, darkest hour. hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Darkest hour warlock. Like. I don't know. I don't think this is good enough to 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 make that come back to you. I mean, I could be wrong. I, I would never the expert with that deck, but like, I don't really see this being impactful. This impacts my my uh, achievement hunting to play imps, and that's about it. <laughs> that's that's what I used. I used this card in, to get that. Prefer to white the light with this because he's the one that plays a lot of darkest hour warlock for some absurd reason. I don't know how he does it, but he hits legend with it like, whenever he wants. And um, he says this doesn't really do much. So I trust him. He's the one that still plays the archetype for some godforsaken reason. <laughs> and therefore, uh, this card doesn't matter. Or this change doesn't matter, I should say. Yeah, yeah, it's still bad. All right, uh, so this next one is a buff to Deck of Chaos. This is like my... this. Okay, we we score these cards every expansion... <laughs> And sometimes we get them like really right. And sometimes we get them really wrong. And this was one that I personally got super wrong where I looked at this and I was like, oh, the potentials to, to break this card are endless, specifically looking at like Maligos Warlock. And I wanted it to be so good and it's just so bad. And so Deck of Chaos was six mana, uh, swap the cost and attack of all minions in your deck and they reduced it down to five mana. So the question is now, you know, is this card viable? Uh, it also has a shadow tag now that it didn't when it came out. But, mm. like, I don't know, man. I love the idea of it, uh, oh. sp especially in, like, a Maligos. But, like, I just don't think it's good, especially in turn five. You take such a tempo loss to play it. And so, cool, like, I can play this on five, and then I die on turn six, right? So Let's go over what this card is comparable to, right? Whenever people look at this, they think of Luna's Pocket Galaxy, correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. fair. Seven mana. Discount all minions in your deck to one mana, right? This is keeper and it buffs your minions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's a few key differences that people miss every single time, though. Uh, the first thing is um, how people play Luna's Pocket Galaxy. So, outside of playing Luna's Pocket Galaxy straight up, you have two forms of cheating it out. You have an eight mana five five that can cast it for you. In um, what is uh, Tortolan? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah, Tortolan Pilgrim. Yeah, Pilgrim. Tortolan Pilgrim. Okay, so that's one way. So you're playing Luna's Pocket Galaxy on an eight mana five five. First of all, that's one way to do it. Two, you have Dragon Caster. Dragon Caster, you just play it on six, and then you activate um, Luna's Pocket Galaxy that way. So you're right. playing Pocket Galaxy on a six mana four four. Notice these are both on sticks. Mm -hmm. Three. This is the newest one. Primordial Protector. Big PP. I make this joke all the time. <laughs> that there's a big PP priest, and I made all different kinds of puns. Through the show. <laughs> Great. But uh, we'll try <laughs> to keep on uh, task here. Um, that card tutors your Luna's Pocket Galaxy, and that means you can play it right away. 
and that means you get a bunch of discounts. So it's pretty good. Finally, there's one other synergy, and that's Stargazer Luna herself, because she's a draw engine that is insanely synergistic with Luna's Pocket Galaxy Post Galaxy. You play Luna's Pocket Galaxy, and you get that massive swing turn with a big board, right? And you fill your hand and keep your hand full, right? So that's why Luna's Pocket Galaxy is good. When we look at Deck of Chaos, what do we have to, one, tutor it, two, cheat it out, three, take advantage of its effects? The only thing that we have to tutor this right now is Primordial Protector, the big PP, which is fine, but that comes turn eight for a five-mana card, and we're limited into what we can run. Right, right, right. now, right now, slower Warlock decks don't really run those expensive spells, so that's okay. So it can work. But on turn eight, you don't really want to be doing that as Warlock. You want to be dropping big demon taunts instead. Yeah. Okay, and that's what you're really looking to discount. But the thing is, the mana cheating that comes from that in Warlock right now is achieved through other ways. You have Voidcaller, and you have Skull of Gul'dan. So, and you also have Archwitch Willow. Mm -hmm. Right, right. So right. all of these cheat out your big demons already. You don't care about the attack because they're all taunts with a lot of health and they buff each other. So why are you trying to cheat mana by playing a five mana spell when you can play a five mana weapon and get your big demon out immediately? Yeah. So there just isn't any support for this kind of card. You're talking about there's a lot of Skull of yeah, the Skull of, Skull of the it's Skull of the Minari, Skull of the right? Minari. Yeah, yeah, Skull yeah, of yeah. the Minari, I'm sorry. Skull of the Minari. So, this card is mana cheating. But we already have other mana cheating cards that do it better. And mm -hmm. we don't have to tutor things the way we do with Deck of Chaos. Yeah. And that's why this card will not see play in Wild. So, a bit of a roundabout thing. I still uh, want Gold Daniel to play it and make it work, but like... It's not. I mean, it's well, not going to happen. I I, I want to see it, but I don't. It'll need support. Do you know what he's going to do? You know what he's going to do? He's going to play it in Dark Lair, just so he can get the twenty or the the eight mana twenty eight. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's going to do. I can see it already. He's going to drop a turn five, oh turn six, <clears throat> board of twenty eight giants, <laughs> and then have the opponent concede on the spot. Oh gosh! That's, it, that's hilarious. It as, as it's dust bait. It is. It is. Yeah. Yes. Sad. Sad. Okay. Oh gosh. All right. I like that. Uh, next up is Whirling Combatant. This went from a four mana two six to a four mana three six. The battle cry and frenzy deal one damage to all their minions. Uh, I think what happened is that they were really trying to push this frenzy mechanic in standard, and nobody was playing this card. So, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know what else to say. I don't think this is something that goes in any existing wild deck at the moment. And I don't think that this battle cry or the frenzy is really all that impactful in wild. Like if you look at the existing ar archetypes, and this is, again, something that we say every time we do card reviews, you ask the question like, wild is pretty set in terms of power level. And so when new cards come out, you know, do they either create a brand new archetype that we didn't have before? Generally, the answer is no. Or are they good enough to replace a card in an existing archetype? And in this case, the answer is also no. So I, I mean, I could be wrong, but like, I just don't see it. I saw this and I was like, why did they buff this? Okay. I think it's because everyone's busy playing hand buff warrior and not frenzy warrior. 
I mean, if I had to guess, you guys have any thoughts on this? Yeah, this is a really cool card. I wish there was an archetype for this card. Mm-hmm. The I idea mean, is cool. Yeah, it just doesn't have a deck. I think this was actually the wrong buff. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that the Battlecry and Frenzy are not the problem. It's that opponents aren't inclined to activate the Frenzy, right? So if you no, want to yeah. make this to play, you don't make it a 4-mana 3-6, which is excellently sad, by the way. You keep it as a 2-6, but you give it taunt. When you give this mm. then this card is insane against aggro. And that's the kind of thing Warrior re- needs right now if it wants to play a slower archetype. Yeah. Yeah, they're just going to ignore it, right? Like, there's no point in killing it when you're aggro. You're just going to keep hawking everything face. Right. So imagine this alongside the 7-mana Legendary if you had a taunt, right? So you summon a... So a 7-mana 5-4... It summons these two six taunts, deals one damage to the board, except for itself. These become two fives, they activate, they become two threes, but you deal three damage to everything. Mm-hmm, you have mm-hmm. a five two on the board, and then two two three taunts on each side On for seven mana. It seems pretty decent. And I think that would have been the way to go. With this kind of buff, I don't think it sees play in wild. Maybe I'm wrong and there's an archetype coming that we don't know of yet. I mean, we have the mini set that's like right around the corner, right? Probably a month away. But even then, like, I, I agree with you. I kind of struggle to see where this fits. Yeah. Uh, next up, we've got Shield Maiden. Uh, this went from a six mana five, five Battlecry gain five armor to a five mana five, five Battlecry game gain one armor. So it reduced by one mana. Um, again, when I saw this, my first thought was like, Why? Uh, and then carrying it over into wild, I guess my follow-up question is, is this, does this now go into odd warrior? I don't know. I mean, odd warrior doesn't feel particularly strong at the moment, but like, could you sub this card in now? Like it sort of synergizes. Uh, I'm hardly the expert on that. I think for me personally, I play most of the cabal classes, especially warlock and priest. So I, I don't know. NHL, what do you think? Yeah, there is a bit of a debate on whether it goes into Odd Warrior now. I think that we're going to see some experimentation on it. I don't know if it sticks. I think a 5-5, five, five, gain 5 armor is not bad. I know we've seen a dragon with a conditional tag for that, and that's all mm-hmm. playing standard. I think it's a little bit of play in wild at one point, but you know this doesn't have that condition anymore. Maybe it sees play now. Something could be there. If it doesn't, oh well. Uh, still not bad. I feel like if if you were running maybe a budget version of Odd Warrior and you're missing some of the more expensive cards or whatever, you could easily slot it in mm-hmm. and and it would it would fit in just fine. Yeah, that's fair. All right, uh, we've got one final card. This is the new Nazoth, God of the Deep. So the stats remain the same. The battle cry remains the same. So it's a five mana, or excuse me, it's a five attack, seven health. Battlecry resurrect a friendly minion of each minion type. It reduced in mana cost from 10 mana to 9 mana. Uh, I've never really seen this card played in wild like at all. Uh, there's potential. I think what I noticed here is is two things for me. And again, these are mostly in standard. One is that something that came out with the last patch was that Quillbores now have their own minion type. 
And so if you're playing some kind of menagerie deck, which again is not good and wild, but like, okay, so now I've got, you know, dragons and pirates and murlocs and quill boars and whatever else. And so, okay, this, this adds one extra type. The interesting thing where I've seen people experimenting just within the last, you know, day or two is in standard demon hunter with this. And I kind of like it because I feel like Illidari Inquisitor is one of my favorite cards. It's freaking rad. Uh, eight mana, eight, eight that has rush and then it attacks whatever you attack. And so at nine mana, you know, it clears a minion, you hit face and then it hits face for eight. And so with 10 mana now, you know, you drop this uh, Nizoth, the Inquisitor is a demon. So it plays for free. It has rush. Then you, with your one remaining mana, you attack face and then you've got eight more damage to face. And so this feels like an end game finisher now where it didn't before. Um, Mm-hmm. That being said, like, is it still good enough for wild? Like, I don't know. I've not seen it. I've seen people experiment with like some kind of like menagerie warrior, menagerie paladin, and like, I don't think those were ever good enough. So I- I'm not sure. Um, either of you guys have any any thoughts on this? I, I I have heard the complaint, and it's not from a deck that I have played at all. But I've heard complaints that it does not corrupt clowns anymore it being nine mana and not that that really affects me much, but that is something that I've seen a bunch of complaints about because mm. it now costs nine instead of clowns. Yeah. So I think um, you're right that this is a thing for standard mostly. And yeah, death rattle demon hunter has been the spot to put it in. Um, I think it's a lower power level in wild right now, but there's something about it that, gives it potential at nine mana and that's because of a one mana one one that can be played alongside it animated broomstick (laughs) hey there you go yeah Yeah, so actually wow okay okay given enough yeah enough of a menagerie deck Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they're cheating minions out you know if anyone plays standard if, and they've seen Ramp Paladin, I, I had a friend who actually called it Flat Earth Paladin because <laughs> it was so dumb in the way it was built and so dumb in the way it was played that only a Flat Earther could come up with that idea and play it to success. Wow. <laughs> so the name Flat Earth Paladin was born. The idea was you play uh, Nazdormu and Lura to cheat out, tip the scales, and then after you ramped... You had a bunch of big minions and clowns, so things like uh, Scrapyard Colossus. And then um, if your wave of Murlocs didn't work and your big minions didn't work, then you dropped Nazoth to resurrect your board and have a bunch of big minions. And you also had clowns because, you know, your cards corrupted clowns. So it was a cheese deck. It was very much a Timmy deck that we discussed earlier. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, just a flat earth paladin. What can I say? That's but uh, if another deck like that can come around and, you know, find a place in the wild, Nazoth will fit in it. Right? And Nazoth will see play. And then I remember Animated Broomstick was actually played in that deck for um, the combo with Lord Barov alone. So Broom oh, will I- have even more utility now with this kind of build because you summon a few big minions and then you rush them down with your big board of big minions. So there's some potential here. 
it'll get better as time goes on, but it's tough to say whether a menagerie build will ever show up in the near future. It's yeah. going to take a lot of support, and we have no idea what class will play that just yet. I, I like the the buff in general to a card like this because it's it, it does have the option to create new archetypes that we're not seeing, right? Mm -hmm. That's 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 what I appreciate about it, and that's a great point, NHL, about Broomstick. That's that that can open up a lot. So I I like stuff like this, and it can it's a neutral card, so it can go in any class, and it just opens up experimentation, which I absolutely love. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good one. All right. Well, that's it for us. I, I don't think the buffs were particularly impactful for Wild, unfortunately. Um, nothing that really stood out as crazy to me. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I think in my mind, like, nerfs are not always the solution. Buffs are good. And so if there's decks, like they had mentioned, that are not seeing play, that maybe this will influence that. I guess we'll see. So... Anyways, I, I we we were kind of um, waiting for this stuff, and I, I guess we'll just have to watch and see what happens over the coming month or so. And mm -hmm. I, I guess the other question that I had, and this is just a you know random thought, these the the buffs here seemed a little odd to me, like nonsensical. Like why did they pick the cards that they picked? And the only thing that I can think of is that we've got a mini set that's coming out in approximately a month, right? And so I thought, well, I wonder if there's cards in this upcoming set that will synergize with the stuff that they just buffed. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's a tinfoil hat opinion. I don't know. Uh, but something to consider, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Dev's making comments about how they picked buffs. And they approached these buffs with the same idea that they approached the wild buffs with. Where they picked archetypes that were seeing less play than they expected, that they wanted to boost cards that they felt were or might have been meme cards that they wanted people to experiment with a little bit more bring up in win rate make them more viable the goal was never to make these decks meta defining it was to bring them up just enough so that they would see more play and become something more viable in the meta okay so their goal primarily was variety not shifting the meta in any way from what I saw from the devs. I think that's a fair assessment. And yeah, and we, we need variety. I don't know if you guys, how often you guys go into to standard, but sometimes when I'm over there, I feel like I'm just playing mage, 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 paladin, mage, mage, paladin <laughs> when I get over there. So uh, bring it on, bring on the variety. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, you guys, well, moving on to kind of our, our next session here. Uh, we've been talking lately about the different um, uh, like meta discussions. And over the past couple of weeks, you know, we had a, a new Tempo Storm meta snapshot. We've seen a couple meta snapshots from the Chinese communities come out. We don't have a new one this week. But one thing that I thought would be interesting to talk about is because NHL writes for Tempo Storm, wanted to ask you a little bit just about, you know, you don't have to give us, you don't go too deep, you know, but like what is kind of the process of how you guys do that? And then just a, like a, a, maybe an overview or what is your opinion on like, we have tempo storm that is considered like opinion based snapshot versus Vic vicious syndicate, which is like data driven snapshot. And I think that for me personally, like they're both good, like they have their merits and, and they're different 
And a lot of times, like, we'll look at both. And just kind of wanted to get your take on that idea. Uh, so, I mean, they're both trying to achieve the same thing, but I think they're doing it in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're based on opinions, but, like, it's whatever. Uh, you'll find things on the, the Tempo Storm snapshot that you won't find in Vicious Syndicate, and you'll find things on the Vicious Syndicate snapshot that we don't have either. And this will go for any meta report, really. Right, so if you go through, I've, I've spoken to some people who like actually go through both, and the thing that they tell me that they like about the Tempo Storm snapshot is the actual deck discussions that we have compared to a place like VS has, where we'll go into depth like why a deck is doing good, what a deck uh, needs, and how to play it, you know, different suggestions on where to go with it. Meanwhile, VS will point to the numbers and the data and just say, this is good, this is bad, this does good here, this does bad here. Play these. Right? So there, there's a little bit of nuances there. Mm-hmm. We kind of change up the lists and we have to go by opinions and sometimes we're a bit limited because we're encouraged to take other people's lists and feature things that show results on ladder. So sometimes we'll find stuff that we may not agree with entirely, but it just fits the snapshot better. For example, um, we had one problem with our Murloc Shaman where we wanted to consider cutting um the fishing card i forgot what it's called uh ice fishing. About ice fishing yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were considering cutting ice fishing from the car uh, from the deck but the only deck that had cut ice fishing cut quite possibly a top three card in the deck in lush water scout so there's a bit of a nuance there where we know lush water scout is too good to be cut but we also want to talk about Maybe we should consider something other than ice fishing. Mm-hmm. But we still had to feature a list with ice fishing because we couldn't cut Lushwater Scout. So there's limitations there. And Got that's it. something we have to really discuss in our write-ups more instead. Um, for the most part, I don't think there's too much of a difference. Uh, minus APM age, I guess, in terms of uh, snapshot rankings. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows what the top decks are. Everyone knows what tier 2 is. And then after that, no one really cares. Yeah. Um, in terms of the process, we'll all give our opinions and then we'll, you know, check out the numbers, see where everything ends up, and then discuss from there if we agree with things, if we feel that deck might be better or worse, uh, if we want to move anything, uh, whether we should feature a deck, whether we should cut a deck. Uh, one of the decks we cut recently was Odd Rogue, which I think was the first time we've ever cut it because it just simply isn't seeing play. Yeah. Uh, something a lot of people don't understand is that if we cut a deck, it's not necessarily because it's bad, but because it's just not seeing play. Okay. So uh, there's a running joke where the litmus test is the Reno Shaman test. Does it see more play than Reno Shaman? Is it better or worse than Reno Shaman? And usually, if it meets both those criteria, then it gets in the tier list. If it meets one of those criteria, maybe it gets in the tier list, maybe not. If it doesn't, we're not going to have it on the tier list. So if you're wondering why your weird Domo Druid is not on the snapshot, even if you played it to Legend the last two or three months, that's why. That's hilarious. I love it. Yeah. It's nothing to do with um, the deck's quality. Like We've seen things like Hand Buff Warrior do well. We just haven't seen enough of it, so we can't really give a strong opinion on it. And we feel we need to wait until more people play it to talk about it that's what it comes to that's valid you can't can't base a deck just because someone who's amazing 
at piloting that deck to legend it doesn't speak for how it actually in the hands of the public of everybody um right. perform on the ladder yeah so we call those people specialists actually mm -hmm. um those are like specialist decks so you'll see that with decks like um for a while we saw that with reno quest mage where only like one or two players were playing reno quest mage and they were doing well with it but they were the only ones playing it we saw that with hand buff paladin for a while where the only two players on NA or really on most servers were two players in na bodybuilder and inman okay and then after it blew up beyond bodybuilder and inman we started featuring it and it obviously was the best deck you know things like that where if more than just the people who are diehards of that archetype are playing it then we'll talk about it and we'll feature it you know yeah if, if not there's not much of a point right Unless it's a really cool idea. Sometimes we'll have some fun. I remember we had ETC Warrior on there for one week because mm -hmm. it was uh, a Flavor of the Week thing. That's another thing. Flavor of the Week decks, we have some debate on. So sometimes we'll feature them. Things like um, Exodia Mage recently. That was a bit of a Flavor of the Week. Everyone in High Legend or in Legend was trying that deck for a little while. Um, it's tough to say whether it'll stick around even post-nerf. But it's a fun little thing to have just you know, one snapshot. There's always something different and new. Some yeah. inspiration for people to try different things. So it's wild. There's so much experimentation still going on. And who knows? Maybe you break the matter with something. Cool. Love it. Um, hey, one other question is, like I see in here that different people are considered experts in different classes. So here it says that you are the expert in Demon Hunter and Paladin. Like, how is that determined? So that is a bit arbitrary. We mostly use that to determine who writes what. Uh, so okay. we try to keep it pretty even for the most part, but we'll split it with classes mostly. And then when there's an uneven number of uh, write-ups, then someone will give their class or one archetype to someone else and we'll write that way. And then whoever writes the most for that class will be considered the class expert. I see. Okay. Yeah. So recently, I was mostly writing Demon Hunter, and then I wrote some Mage. But because White Delight was playing more Secret Mage, we've and I was playing more Paladin, we figured, let's just switch the write-up so that we can write things we're more comfortable with. And that's why I'm now the Paladin expert, and he's the Mage expert. But this stuff is pretty fluid. It changes in and out. So I wouldn't take that at face value. Really, a lot of us just play all different kinds of things, and we're really good at different decks. Uh, you know, the team is excellent in my opinion. A oh, lot yeah. of good writers out there. It's a very interesting dynamic of both high legend players and really good writers. So, yeah, I mean, looking at the team here. So, for people who are listening to the audio version of this, uh, we've got Concerned Mom, Keith Numbers, Memnark, NHL, Rotted Zombie, and White Delight. Like. I think you probably could not have picked a better team. This is fantastic. So, uh, yeah, big big props to you guys. Yeah, we appreciate everything that you guys do. I always look forward to the meta report, and it it, it helps me decide what I'm going to play, what I'm going to climb with that month. And so, I, I appreciate, it. and I'm sure lots of people really, really do. So, thanks. Yeah, yeah, we appreciate it too. You know, any feedback? I know we post all different kinds of things. Uh, <laughs> Reddit can be a, a fun time, though. I remember, oh gosh, yeah. Um, yeah, so funny story. I was 
the last meta report was posted on Reddit, and someone claimed that their opinion on Murloc Shaman differed from ours. And they said uh, something along the lines of, I hit plat 5 with Murloc Shaman in a few hours. Therefore, it has to be much better than tier 2. <laughs> okay. okay. And, and my whole thing was, that's great. But plat 5 is a bit different from legend. Yeah. Yes, that's a great accomplishment for you. Uh-huh. But yeah, that no. speaks yeah, more on you. That speaks more on you as a player than on the deck because the fact of the matter is at that at those ranks you can play whatever you want in wild. You can do whatever you want. As long as you're better than your opponent, odds are you'll win. It's just the the state of the game right now. So I actually got downvoted at first because people were like, "Why are you telling this guy? Are you joking?" Like, I had to go and explain to everyone, guys, this, the rules of the subreddit say you have to play above Diamond to talk about a deck. Everyone on the team plays in Legend and has experience in it. Maybe you should try getting into Legend and follow the rules of the sub so that you can give your opinion. You don't have to agree with us. But talking about a deck as if it was good in a lower rank when you haven't even tried at higher ranks. Because the truth of the matter is, like, Certain decks will do much better at lower ranks than they will at higher ranks, mm -hmm. and vice versa. Like, say, Big Priest will do significantly better at lower ranks, which is why so many players hate it, versus a deck like Dark Lair, but Dark Lair dominates top 100 legend right now, and many high legend players would consider it the best deck of the game. But if you play it at low ranks, odds are you're going to misplay with it and die a lot. So things like that matter. Right, right. And I feel like sometimes people miss that point. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's really valuable. I, and I like the idea of like, hey, look, this doesn't diminish your accomplishment. Like, hey, you hit Platinum 5. Congratulations. That's great. And everybody has different, um, you know, goals in the game or different monthly ranks that they're trying to achieve. And so like, hey, that's that's great. But, yeah, but I think that says more on you as the player than on the deck. Yeah, it's a compliment, really. Hey, you played this not optimal deck to this good rank <laughs> yeah right yeah. like like you, you did great you've mastered how to play this deck you are trading when you need to trade you're going face when you need to trade when you need to go face you understand what you're doing awesome well and i think it's you know that being said like you were saying before a good player can take you know a deck that is not top tier and take it to legend i'm good friends with blue train and he hit legend with warlock or with a uh, murloc shaman that's like, hey, look, I, it's, it's, I don't know what you guys have it listed at right now. It's probably tier three if I had to guess. I don't know. I mean, the meta decks all feel like, you know, they are better. I, it can, it can um, definitely swing. It can be really aggressive. It can, um, you know, it can, it can win games. But like. And so I think it's a major accomplishment when I see someone take a deck that is not as strong as these tier one decks and then are able to pilot into legends. Like, wow, dude, that's uh, that's pretty great. And like, I, Blue Train has played a lot of it. He had mentioned to me that he had a friend. I don't recall the name, um, but take take this the same Murloc Shaman deck hit legend for the first time. I think last month with that deck, yeah, and it's was. like, wow, dude, that's that's a, quite an achievement there. I think that was a coworker of his. Actually, he told to me about that too. Handsome Pete, handsome Pete. Hey, shout oh, out to handsome Pete. Pete. Yes, handsome Pete. 
But uh, yeah, it's just I think it's funny that you know people on the internet will look at this stuff and because of their own achievements, they'll become armchair experts. Oh yeah, which like you can you're entitled to your opinion. That's fine. But at the same time, odds are it's more due to your own accomplishments that you're succeeding rather than the deck itself. Yeah, yeah. And that's something that a lot of people will have difficulty to, in differentiating, I guess. I'm not trying to sound conceited at all. I, I think I make a lot of decks look better than they are, too. Probably like, <laughs> we're going to talk about soon. But <laughs> beyond that, like, I guess a lot of people read it. Like the content speaks for itself. Uh, it's not just a tier list. That's the main thing. the The report is not just a tier list, and you have to read a, into it to see that. And so, if you're only taking it at face value, then you're missing a lot of the content that you should be getting from it in the first place. Yeah. If you want just numbers and a list, VS already does that. That's not what we're trying to achieve, though. Love it. Love it. Uh, so moving on a little bit, one of the things that we typically will talk here is about what we've been playing lately. Uh, I'm interested in, in, in your hot take on this one because you had said for a long time you were writing up about Demon Hunter. I've been playing a lot of Demon Hunter specifically just trying to kind of rack up those wins. And so, you know, it's been fine in standard because there's decent decks with it. And where I really have been struggling is... In wild, um, I, I sort of feel like the only real viable deck has been this odd demon hunter, and you know we're starting to see a little bit more death rattle come out, but like I don't feel like it's really that good yet. Trying to rack up the wins, I'm I'm at about a little over 350 right now, and uh, you know I've got 1k with all the other classes except warlock or excuse me warrior and shaman, and I'm only 50 away. And, and the Demon Hunter is like way down at, this, at the bottom. And so I've just been trying to jam out games. And so over the past week, I've been playing this. Uh, I've been playing No Way's Odd Demon Hunter deck. And it's just, it's super aggressive, right? It's it's running these powerful one drops. It's running the recently unnerved Leper Gnome and Arcane Golem and Leroy Jenkins. And like, it's okay. And they're fast games, I feel like. Uh, and I'm not trying to take away from... Uh, no way's deck it, it it feels strong like you win by turn five or you lose by turn five and so it's very fast um happy to to share the code but i feel a little bit stuck and so do you you know nhl do you have an opinion on like what is good demon hunter in wild where does it even stand on the tier list and like if i'm trying to rack up wins what should i be playing with it yeah so uh a few things first of all like yeah, No Way did play this, um, and he did get top 10. Congrats to him. Mm -hmm. But this is actually Pace's deck. He got this from Pace. Ah, uh, okay. No, and I, I saw that. That's I think that's my mistake, because he had cited Pace. It's all, uh, it's all good, yeah. He had cited Pace in the post as well. Um, and so uh, we will give Pace credit for sure, 100%. Um, yeah, I just I want to bring up Pace, because Pace is the one that is really trying to innovate Odd Demon Hunter the most. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's kind of why I was transitioning. I wasn't trying to, uh, you know, get into crediting all that much. But Pace is kind of the one that's really innovating with Odd Demon Hunter. And you're going to see his lists being the ones that are popping up at High Legend because he's the only one that really jams it with that many games. Okay. Yeah, he already has the 1K wins. This, this is just his bread and butter. 
Um, the thing is, right now, the way Demon Hunter is built, you're forced to go with a really low curve, some cycle, and a bunch of burn, right? So you have the early game minions, you snowball, and then you just burst them down and hope that they don't have the healing and taunts to swing the game, right? Right. So there's no real way to build away from that. And you can go for a mid-range build, but that's weaker because unless you're hand buff paladin, mid-range doesn't really work. Yeah, I hit I hit legend with a mid-range demon hunter, but it was back before the nerfs. And mm. it was it was okay. I mean, it, you know, it was still running the um Oh god, I can't even remember the name anymore because nobody plays it. The the demon that shoots off uh, you know, one damage pings at the end of the turn. Um, yeah. Oh yes, uh, Bladed Lady. Is it Bladed Lady? Yeah. Bearded Lady. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and you know, it was it was fine. It was running. Um, uh, God, the what is the 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 four mana three or excuse me, the three mana three three that Odd Rogue has always played. I can't. I'm bad with the names yeah, today. Henchman Thug. Henchman yeah, Thug. Yeah, my apologies. Yeah, it's been yeah. a long week, and, and so yeah, it was very mid rangey, and it it worked well. I mean, I I. My win rate was uh, was high with it. I hit legend pretty early in the season with it, and it was great. And then a bunch of these cards got nerfed, and it's just not as strong anymore. Ari more mentioned it's Priestess of Fury. Oh, Priestess of Fury. Bladed. I think Bladed Lady is the one with the six six oh, rush. Bladed right? Lady is the six six. Yes. Priestess of Fury. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Armorn. Uh, I mean, oh. the curve is super low. I was looking at this and thinking, okay, I've got two stilt steppers in here. It's a, it's the three mana. Uh, you know, if you you draw a card and if you play it that turn, you get plus four attack. And, um, and I was like, well, <laughs> sorry, there's funny joke in the chat. Um, the I was looking at, hey, what are the chances that? Uh, you know, this actually goes off. And then I looked at the deck. And I'm like, wow, it's two thirds, one drops. Uh, you know, these just yeah. chances are pretty high. You can play this on turn three and, and successfully be able to trigger the battle cry. So, um, you know, it, it's interesting. I, I am really looking forward to seeing some experimentation and not to take away from pace or no way at all, but like, I, I'm really not, much of an aggro player like i mean i've hit legend with pirate warrior and stuff like that it, it it is what it is but um i i played i played a lot of this over the last week and i started out all excited and i was doing well against these um uh you know some of the slower decks and you you're able to win really fast and then i just kept getting curb stomped by like big priest and secret mage and um you know your reno priest reno you know, all the Reno decks and, and, uh, I felt like a little bit stuck And that being said, like I have let my rank decay to the point where I'm seeing like the greediest, jankiest decks right now on the legend ladder. And maybe that's part of it. So there's a few things I want to say about how the deck should be built that I've learned from, you know, writing about the class and digging through HS replay stats and seeing how different builds work. Because there are a few different builds. There's more burn-oriented builds. There's ones that lean into the early game and away from burn and so on. Um, one of the things you do want to do is run your one-drops. Okay, Battle Fiend, Beaming Sidekick, Intrepid Initiate, Lepernome, Lowly Squire, Demon Companion Eden. Um, you want to run all those. 
those are pretty much required in the deck from what I saw on stats. Uh, you don't cut your one drops, make sure you play them because that's how you win the early game in Snowball. You need to have that snowballing minion or just those snowballing minions in the early game so that you can get that chip damage in and set yourself up for a big burst turn in the mid game. Okay, so that's one of the ways you have to build Demon Hunter. You have to build it with that in mind. Uh, the next thing, um, you need some cycle. Okay, uh, some people run Crimson Sigil Runner. It goes in and out. Uh, Consume Magic is a minimum. Silt Stepper is required. Okay. Um, Illidari Studies is kind of pseudo-cycle because it discovers a card. That's actually one of the best cards in the deck, apparently. Interesting. For- mm. Yes. That actually boosted the archetype quite a bit, uh, much more than people expected. Turns out being able to discover Skull of Gul'dan in a deck that wants to cycle and burn their opponents down is really good. Okay, It can also give you Star Student Selena, which means you can send away your opponent's Reno. And let me tell you, Reno is the bane of this deck's existence. <laughs> Ain't that the yeah. <laughs> in mind, I'm going to go against the way this deck is built Okay, and suggest something else. Arcane okay. Has been one of the weaker cards in the archetype. Okay. The thing about Archangelum, it's a three mana deal for damage. You give your opponent a mana crystal. It's not really all that great a finisher, though. Okay. So it doesn't work as a finisher, and you don't want to really play it on curve or just drop it either, because you're giving your opponent mana and you're only dealing four damage. So instead, you want to deny them healing. And when I say healing, I mean Reno. And one card does that Albatross. Mmm. We saw in VS, they even discussed this as well, that Albatross actually makes the Reno Priest matchup even. And that's kind of a necessity. Okay, you go from like a 30% to 50%. That's insane. So in this meta, as long as you're seeing Reno Priest, you should be running that card. Right. I I really appreciate that opinion because Arcane, Arcane Golem has always sat, hasn't sat well with me with the idea of... I want to play this. I want to get some more chip damage, but I've just made them. They're closer to their their board clear next turn. I may have just actually given them the mana to do a board clear now, right? And so that's it's it's never sat well with me. But the idea of running albatross to put uh, duplicates in their deck it, to me seems almost infinitely better. Well, and albatross now aggressively statted at a four three is good for this deck as well. I think. I saw someone over the past week, I was so confused at what I was seeing and then surprised it. Like I, lo- I ended up losing. It, it was a mirror match, right? Another odd demon hunter, but they were running death, death rattle synergy cards. So there's the one mana uh, t- tusk piercer. Yeah. So and, I wanted to talk about that card actually. And, and like, dude, it draws leper gnomes. It draws the birds. Um, and, and that alone was like, well, wow. Okay. Well, that card is a bit weird. So it's a bit conflicting because it's good in the first three turns. After that, it drops off a ton. Mm. The problem, though, what do you want to be doing in your first three turns? We just discussed this. You want to be playing your snowballing minions. Right, right. And Tusk Piercer kind of conflicts with that. So I don't think that Tusk Piercer is necessarily a good card in the archetype. Yes, you have that Death Rattle package and Leopard Gnomes and Albatross are good. But I don't think Tusk Piercer is needed even with those four Death Rattle minions. So I don't think you consider that. Um... Looking at the rest of the list, Leroy is an auto-include. Uh, Dreadlord's Bite is kind of a necessary evil at this point because you need some kind of AoE so that you don't fall behind too much. Sometimes if you fall behind against something like Odd Paladin, you need to come back and that's your card to do it. 
It's also just damage itself. I know this card was nerfed from a 3-2 to a 2-2, but it's still just good enough for the archetype for now. And mm. I think he's still... Outside of that, uh, burn, burn, and more burn. Uh, Fury is good. Twin Slice is good. Mana burn gives you disruption so that you can deny clears and healing, and that lets you snowball more. Right. And good. Mana burn kind of goes in and out of the list. It really depends. Uh, it can be a good card. It got a little bit worse without Penflinger now, in my opinion, but... Now that Penflinger's gone, you just... It's like a, a meta call, I guess. Otherwise, yeah, the deck is uh, pretty straightforward. I don't know what decks or what cards could be run in this kind of list outside of Albatross. But I'm sure that there's going to be much more support in the coming expansion. Oh, I'm sure there probably will. I, I mean, I, yeah, I had played a more mid-rangey version of it. Glavebound Adept was in it. And that was back when Metamorphosis cost five. Or, no, it still cost five, but it did five damage. Um, and so it's just a different build, I suppose. Uh, I appreciated how, like, the, it's, a, it's a cheaper deck to build. So I've crafted this deck on all three main servers outside of China just because, like, as free to play, it doesn't cost very much. And you can climb the ladder with this. Right. So. Yeah, it, it for for like a, a budget or free to play player, this deck does not cost much. Yeah, in terms of the meta, this deck does fairly well at lower ranks because you just have a simple game plan. You're gonna punish your opponents for not playing defensively and being able to swing the board as efficiently mm -hmm. as at higher ranks. Um, does very well. Good climber. It's a good way to learn the basics of the game. Because you're going to be trading a lot, going to be snowballing a lot. Just any ag like if you're starting at the game, I highly recommend getting an aggro deck. Not because you'll only be winning and getting you know good ranks and you know being satisfied with the game, but you'll also learn a lot of the fundamentals of Hearthstone itself in terms of when to trade versus when to go face. It's a very good way to see how good you are and how you're improving at the game. Nice. Yeah, I like that suggestion. Yeah. Beyond that, though, like. It's a bit weird into the meta, where it's better at lower ranks. It gets more difficult to play at higher ranks, because people will play more defensively and clear your board more often. Mm -hmm. It tends to steam sometimes. Um, the main reason to play this deck right now, like the Driving Force, is its positive matchup into Dark Lair Warlock. Right. Because you have so much burn, you just kind of kill them if they go too low on health. Okay. Mm -hmm. so killed from 14 with against Odd Demon Hunter. So it can do that. And that kind of burst is really, really good into those kinds of decks. If you know how to play your cards right, uh, you'll get a lot of wins. It's just that right now, not a lot of decks put themselves at risk like that. And it's very hard to get under decks at the moment. Yeah. When Demon Hunter finds more decks that it can get under and do that against, then this will see much more play. I like it. I, I appreciate the insights. Uh, and then you brought something kind of spicy here. I've got a, a, <laughs> a spicy build of mine. Reno, okay. Reno Rogue. And I, I looked at this. I put it together and realized I had it all in gold except two cards. And I was like, oh, I guess I need to craft them. Um, <laughs> Which ones? Which ones? It was uh, Evil Miscreant. I did not have in gold. And then the other one was the um, the new ranked spell, whatever it's called, Wicked Stab. 
And so oh, I, okay. I crafted those two. It's, I mean, essentially like looking at this, it reminds like I played a ton of Kingsbane and lots of odd rogue and, and it synergizes with a lot of that. I mean, it's, it's looks pretty aggressive to me in terms of like the pirate package. It's got the burn. It's got the reduction with Octobot. It's got the disruption with Neophyte and Lotheb. Um, it, it looks pretty cool. Like, tell us about this. Yeah. So uh, Ben from work is actually, you know, saying you're welcome in the chat. We yeah, love Ben. He, <laughs> to, to build this kind of deck, you know, I wanted something different. I want to try a little bit in uh, High Legend because you know it's fun to experiment a bit. And I saw some people ha had, uh, messed with this. It was right before the community tournament, the the Wild Open, that was run. I was trying to figure out a fourth deck. I actually didn't end up playing for certain reasons outside of this. Trying to figure out a fourth deck, and I figured, let me experiment with something off-meta, Reno Rogue. So we built this, took it to ladder, went 11-4, and four, and then another friend of mine, Otters, went 3-0 mm -hmm. on Street 30 as well with this. So it performed well. Um, a few things, this is basically an aggro deck with a lot of mid-game power spikes. Okay. So you have your pirate package, you have Zephyrus, okay, you have your yellow cards... And the thing is, you play those yellow cards a lot because you have Shadow Step and Tenwu. And yeah. you bounce them back. And Brand Bronzebeard also doubles those effects, so it's very potent. Uh, the star performers of the deck, though, are Kazakis and Lotheb. Okay, Lotheb because, one, you're an aggro deck and you shut down a lot of things. Two, Kazakis because the golems are actually insane, especially when you can play them multiple times and double their battle cries with Brand. Ooh, yeah, okay. I, I got hit with one uh, last night. Someone played, you know, and I don't know if this is good or not, but someone played the 10 mana one that did three damage to the entire board and then gave it poisonous and just wiped my entire board of, like, giant yeah. demons. And I was like, what just happened? I, I'm supposed to be winning here. Um, I was not expecting it. Yeah, it's just an insane card. Um this is the ideal archetype to abuse it as well because Rogue doesn't really have all that many great four mana cards. I know some people are going to get mad at me because they like Spirit of the Shark and Cutter Butter. Yeah. I feel that Bran is basically Spirit of the Shark, but better. It's cheaper, and it's a 2-4 rather than a 0-3. And Cutter Butter just doesn't do enough in this kind of archetype. You just want to play cards and blow them out instead of doing some wacky combo. Right? So you go in. You get on the board fast, you either keep them off the board or stall their board and make yours bigger, and then you kill them. The only thing that you hate to see is uh, Reno Jackson. But... Right, right, right. So when we were testing this, we were testing this a lot against Reno Priest, and I was losing to Reno Priest a lot. Then I took this to ladder, and I beat all the Reno Priests I faced. <laughs> so it was pretty good. Uh, some of those Reno Priests threw, I was able to get like a Kazakis for one mana where it buffed my dudes with uh, the power of the wild and Bran was also on the board so it gave it plus two plus two and that let me do 25 damage burst on like turn six. Holy crap, dude. Wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah like the card is insane. Okay. okay. So many different combos. Like the thing about this deck is you have so many different lines because your yellow cards do different things, right? So you can shift the shift your game plan on any at any moment against any deck really 
So you can go for the value game plan. You can go for the massive cycle miracle game plan with field contact and um, secret passage. You can go for the lockout game plan with Lotheb. Mm-hmm. APM mage. We run Lotheb and Cult Neophyte. And there's a, uh, a counter queuer who I will happily <laughs> BM because they were kind of cheating their way up to the top and they're very annoying in the wild well, community in general. <laughs> um, I'll just say his name is Dave. But uh, they played APM Mage to very high ranks. And I would Cult Neophyte and Lotheb them almost every single game. And they were able to do nothing. And then they would threaten and spam thank you and do all these different kinds of things. So I just returned the favor. <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. And they complained to other people and uh, it was hilarious. Screenshots <laughs> and complaints and uh, made me feel really good. That's hilarious. Yeah, so that can lock people out. It can deal with big boards because of Zephyrus. It has burst because of Wicked Stab, Adversary, and Leroy. There's some cool stuff you can do with Leroy and Tenwu as well. Okay, so that is a 9-mana deal 18 damage combo with Shadow Step as well. Wow. You can Shadow Step your Zephyrus to do cool things with a 0-mana Zephyrus, so mana is not a problem. Oh. Uh, you can Shadow Step your golems so you can kill a bunch of things on board or buff your minions or get extra five fives if you want there's all different kinds of things that you can do with this deck and it's really cool that you know there's so many different lines you can take you just want to go with either denying their tempo gaining tempo for yourself and then setting up that big burst turn so you can just kill them so how, do, how does this feel uh, going in against other aggro decks? One's obviously because you're running Reno here. You have the ability to heal up, which they don't. Um, just running two ofs, everything. How, how are those matchups like? Yeah, either you get on the board and you get under them, and you just dominate from there, or you keep up with them until you can Reno, and then they just lose. Mm-hmm. So And then you can shadow step your Reno, and they'll cry even more. <laughs> <laughs> A wonderful feeling. By the way, did you know that you could get lifesteal off of Kazakis for the golems? Yes. Yeah, yeah that's so a thing. You get, you get lifesteal, and then you can either copy it or deal damage to their minions, and then you heal up more and get removal. It's pretty nutty. Nice. Kazakis is awesome. I, I, I ran it for a while mostly just to do the... the there's um the achievements to do all the different Kazakis builds of, of golems. Yep. And yeah, I played around with them. Lifesteal? This is awesome. So yeah, yeah. there's some fun ones. I, I will say I struggle with it a little bit because I'm so used to the other Kazakis, like with the potions that I'm very, very, very familiar with all, you know, all of them and what do they do? And I'm not that familiar with the golems yet. Is there, are there certain builds that like, or how did it, how did it feel like learning the golems? Like, Hey, do I take a one mana? Do I take a five? Do I take a 10? Where so, like, I know that I know the answer to that in in Reno Priest, but like I don't know what the answer is with this Golem Shaper. In here, you go with what fits your curve. Sometimes you'll go for one. Sometimes you'll go for ten. Most of the time, you're going for five mm-hmm. because you want to go four Mana Kazakis into turn five Golems. Um, other times, you'll just get the Golems because you don't have a board and you want to get something sticky and it's not turn ten yet. Sometimes you'll go for the 10 mana one if it's like just a linking Hail Mary or shutdown card. Yeah. Uh, there are times where you go for the one pot where you usually combo it on the same turn to do something. This can be either out of desperation or just for lethal itself. It really depends. 
but um, usually in the turn, it's fairly flexible, and you'll see the play. It's definitely not all that difficult to see which way to go with it. You just kind of go for maximum tempo and dealing with your opponent's uh, tempo itself. They're, they're minions and whatever they have. So, not as difficult to pick things as OG Kazakis. It's much more proactive, and I think the proactivity makes it much more appealing to the wider audience. Nice. Okay. I'm excited to try this out. It looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a ton of fun. Very cool. All right. Well, we're we're well past two and a half hours, so I want to kind of start wrapping things up a little bit. Um, I really appreciate you bringing this deck. I think this is something that I'm going to play with just for fun. I think and 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 try to enjoy the game with. So I, I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, moving on a little bit, we do have uh, the weekly challenge portion of our show. This past week. Um, the challenge was a deck building challenge, a little bit different. And so what we did was we picked two cards, uh, run two of in each deck. And the challenge was for people to create a viable deck and just looking for fun deck building ideas. So the two cards, this is a hunter deck. The two cards were sapping, excuse me. (laughs) The two cards were seeping oozling which is uh, the six mana with a death rattle gain a death rattle from a card in your deck and the seven mana, two copies of silver Vanguard, which the death rattle is recruit an eight drop. And we got a handful of responses. It was kind of fun. Um, uh, before I, you know, we say the winner, I think I want to give a, uh, a big shout out and a big like runner up award to Wildcard who sent me a couple of different decks and uh, one of them in particular was like a, a mill build which I had never even considered before with like um, that what is it the eight man Octosari yeah and it was like whoa okay uh, definitely interesting and and a lot of fun and also recruit version. Uh, Part of the challenge was like the the viability aspect of it, and so uh, the the one here that ultimately is the winner, I think, is Timbo's build, uh, which does play off on all his recruit mechanics, and he's running cubes in it, and uh, was actually the thing that impressed me the most with it was that he took it on on the ladder and was able to climb with it from diamond five to diamond three. I was like, wow, <laughs> that's, that, that takes some guts to, to be running this that close to hitting wild legend with it. And, uh, I was, was pretty impressed. So, uh, so thank you to you guys. We got, um, the, wow, my good friend, uh, electric sheep city pointed out something that I thought was really funny. You take these four cards, drop them in the deck and let, the client like autocomplete the deck is actually not bad uh that it, <laughs> that, that it creates and that's relative uh i was surprised like hey this the deck builder is not it, you not that bad uh and so uh big shout out to timbo and and to wildcard and and to everyone else who participated so so thank you guys for that it's, it's fun and uh the the challenge for this week, I reached out and and NHL helped come up with the challenge. And so, uh, the challenge for this week revolves around pogo hoppers. And so, uh, the the challenge is, uh, what is the biggest pogo hopper board that you can make 
by turn five. So curious to see what you guys can come up with. This is a, I remember, you know, when this card first came out, we were like, oh, this is so cool. This is exciting. It, it wasn't strong enough. I correct me if I'm wrong, but this one got buffed, right? Um, a while back. Mm-hmm. And so it uh, had the potential it looked like to be like jades or something, but no go. Yeah. 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 No, no go pogo. <laughs> <laughs> it ne- never quite made it. So yes, again, the, ch- the challenge for this week is build, build the biggest pogo hopper board that you can make by turn five. Uh, when you do this, you take screenshots, post them in our discord. We've got a channel called contest entries. You just got to post yours there. And the, f- the fun thing about this is w- when we have one of these challenges, that's build the biggest X, Y, Z is really when we have a fun time seeing the community come together. Cause someone will build, you know, here's a five, five and the next one. Oh, here's a seven, seven, here's a 15, 15. And these guys, you know, guys and gals will try to one up each other. And it's, that's a lot of fun to watch. And so this is interesting because it's built the biggest board. Uh, it's not like not like a, the biggest Edwin where there's one. Like you can go wide if you can. And I'm curious to see how this will stack up. The the challenge, really, the difficult part is the turn five. Uh, it, he, and that's going to require uh, a lot of work here. The other piece that we've always said with these is, uh, you know, Blizzard made it a point with their achievements that you've got to do it on ranked ladder. That's not the case for us. You can play it in ranked if you want to. You can play it in casual if you want to. The The no-nos for us are you can't do it against friends. You can't do it against the innkeeper. Those are too easy. So curious to see what you all come up with. I think this will be a lot of fun. So go go forth, be fruitful, and multiply your, <laughs> your, your pogo hoppers. <laughs> So, yeah, this is a symbol of uh, fertility, right? I, the, the rabbit, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, that's great. So yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what everybody comes up with, and uh, and, and kind of wrapping up the show here. Uh, wanted to say a big thank you to the patrons of our show, an extra special thank you to Shokunin, who is the executive producer of our show. Thank and you, Shokunin. Yeah, thank you. And to our patrons, Disruptor108, Claudette G, Daniel B, Justin M, Wildcard, Aramorn, Ben from Work, Corin J, and AJ Gomez. Thank you all for supporting us. We appreciate it very much. Uh, if anybody out there listening or watching is interested in supporting the show financially, you can visit our website at borntobewildhs.com. If you click the find us page, there's a link to our Patreon. We've also got some uh, merch there that is is great. I really like it. I think Hydra's wearing some right now. Oh, look at that beautiful shirt. And I am too, actually. See, check it out. Like, okay. It's, uh, it's, good, it's good stuff. Um, I'm excited because we have new artwork, and so I have to supply those off to Wildcard, and then ideally we can get those up in the shop too if anybody's interested. Uh, the final thing is that if you're somebody who's on Twitch a lot, we do have uh, special um, emotes that you can unlock by subbing to us on Twitch. So, yeah. Uh, also, big shout-out and thank you to Firestone, who has graciously provided us with free premium for their deck tracker. Uh, we've been experimenting with it a lot, using it quite a bit and having a lot of fun with it. Kind of comparing it to HS replay uh, or Hearthstone deck tracker to see how they compare. And uh, it, it's great. It's been a lot of fun and they're very open to feedback. 
And so we've been using that quite a bit. If you guys are interested in checking it out, it's free. Uh, you go to firestoneapp.com and you guys can download it. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you all uh, for being here tonight. Thank you to everyone who has been hanging out here in chat. It's been a lot of fun. Um, for the people who want to follow your content, read your, um, you know, your deck guides and everything, NHL work, people find you. Yeah. So, um, you know, I have a Twitter. You guys actually linked my Twitter. Thanks for having me again. Can't thank you enough. Thank um, you. You know, I'm on Twitter. Uh, really, I can be found on all different kinds of stuff. Uh, I'm casually in Twitch with friends within the wild community. You can probably find me there and someone's channel at some point. Uh, THL is something I do a lot of content in. I've done writing for them. I did a wild preview on all the teams actually recently. Nice. They, okay. What kind of players are there and if it's the kind of thing that you want to do. Uh, I'm also on every Tuesday over there. Okay. Uh, we do a thing called Heart Center where I talk stats, both standard and wild. I talk about what's being brought, uh, things that are doing well there, things that are doing bad. Uh, there's also um, some stuff I'm doing tomorrow for THL as well. I'll be casting with the Rotted Zombie, which is exciting. So you can just catch me there. Outside of that, there's Templestor stuff. You know what I write already. Uh, there's not much to be said there. Just really shout out to you guys, the content creators, for bringing us players together more and showing how much of a community this is. You know, I wouldn't be here without you guys. I wouldn't be here without any of the Hearthstone communities, really. I would have been a nobody. So really, it doesn't really matter where to find me as long as you guys keep hosting this kind of stuff. People will know who, you know, people like me are and who other great Hearthstone players are. And we're all here to get better, too. So really, I don't think you should be crediting me for anything. This is all you guys. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you. That's I really appreciate that. That's super nice of you to say. And I agree with you in terms of the wild community has been very welcoming overall and just been kind of a lot of fun to interact with, especially as like, I don't know, I, I made so many friends uh, in, in this community that like, I don't know, like I'm, I'm old and I just work a lot, you know, and when I come home, <laughs> I want to play a game and relax and have fun. And I never, ever thought in a million years that I would have made so many friends playing the silly children's card game. And it's been an absolute blast. So I, I agree with you. It's been a wonderful community to be a part of. Absolutely. Thanks again. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Hey, Hydra, where can people find you? You guys can find me on Twitter and Twitch at Hydralisk underscore HS. And uh, in, the, in our Discord, I encourage everybody out there, if you're looking for somewhere to come chat bounce ideas back and forth off each other we got all sorts of channels with different deck lists for every single class and we just you know we hang out we have a good time so you can always find me there in, in chatting around with, with everybody and it's a really good time so i encourage everybody to come check it out nice nice uh, as for me, you can find me uh, pretty active on Twitter at NateWolfTCG. It's N-A-T-E-W-O-L-F-E-T-C-G. More importantly, you can find the show and everything related on our website at borntobewildhs.com. Again, borntobewildhs.com. There, um, <clears throat> on the website, there's links to all of our uh, past podcasts. We've had a lot of different guests on, some really awesome people. Um, there's links to all of our shows, whether it's the audio version or the video version links to our discord, which I agree with Hydra is a very fun community to interact with and hang out with. There's lots of deck lists. There's 
people posting screenshots and pack openings, funny usernames. When people get, uh, you know, salty hate messages, we post them there. It's, it's great. It's just a lot of fun to, to hang out and interact with people. And really, you know, at the heart of it, this show is about building community and we're excited to do that every week. So thank you all for joining. Thank you to the people who are listening. Thank you to the people who are watching this on YouTube. Thank you very much to the people who are here live watching it and interacting on Twitch and, uh, Looking forward to great things to come. Thank you all very much. And we will see you guys next week on a new episode of Born to be Wild. See ya.